It's the Don Vito Roundtable on the home of the Jets, TSN 1290. You never know who's going to pop into the Royal Sports Go Studio. Jets. Go hi. Jets. Hi, interesting surprise guest. What's hi, your name and who are you and why hi, are you here? Hi, strangely voiced individual who is in a, <laughs> the uh, Canadian production called Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Uh, and uh, you know that Ryan Reynolds is the cousin of our morning man. You know that, is that right? Real? Do you know that well, Jim Toth, who is, just left the studio, his cousin is, is Ryan Reynolds. Is, is Jim as flawlessly handsome as Ryan Reynolds? Uh, no, he got all the stuff that Ryan Reynolds shed, <laughs> all the Canadianism that you, the big Hungarian man. Oh, that's what he oh, is, well, right? Uh, yeah, T.J. Miller, uh, Weasel and Deadpool, Ehrlich from Silicon Valley, uh, Tough Nut from uh, from. Um, uh, How to Train Your Dragon was in Big Hero Six. We all love She's Out of My League because of Jay Barishaw. Let's get some serious Canadian influence. I like it. Uh, okay, so we got an incubator Goon going too. here. Let's Have you guys seen Goon? Yes, Speaking of absolutely. Jets and hockey, Jim Toth appeared in the movie. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, <laughs> uh, and Goon was great. I'm in Goon too. I'm one of the Sports Center fellows. Uh, yeah, you stole our gig. See, we wait for those right yeah, desperately, sitting back here. And Maybe I could be cast as that's that. Maybe came, that's believable. That's and why then, I came on the air today to yeah. apologize to you guys for Absolutely. sort of taking. You got these Americans coming up north, right. Taking your jobs. I apologize for it. Uh, but yeah, I'm playing the Rumors Comedy Club. Thank you guys for letting me just uh, jump in here real quick to say sold out every show, so we added a Sunday show. Um, we're trying to spread the word. Thank you, guys. 7 p.m. Sunday at Rumors Comedy Club. Come and see my one-man circus. It's a ton of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm loving Winnipeg. I mean, the audiences are so great. And we there was a Jets game last night, and we still had a full-packed house. Um, it, I think it went better for us than the Jets, but that's not, you know. Hey, that'll happen it's the sometimes. preseason. Connor McDavid was playing. He's pretty good it's at hockey, we've the heard. Pre-season. Come it's on. It doesn't pre-season. matter. In some ways, it's pre-preseason, you know. It's the end of the preseason, but it's before we really see what happened from the preseason. Uh, give us some hockey takes. Um, I think the stick is a little longer <laughs> than it really should be. I like the puck, but why don't we make it bigger? Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be fun if the puck was the size of a uh, Frisbee? Something like that. And has anybody ever considered doing it well, without the ice? You know, wow. Just skating in sand. It'd be a lot of falling over. You know, we're going to have to delve into this. We get some programmers it. on it. Maybe we could figure it out. You right? can figure it out. Uh, what do you guys think about when they did the um, they were doing the laser trace when they remember when they were trying They're to bringing do that it? back now. Are that's they really. Yes, because now it's that? important. The, glow, the, the really Fox glow puck. Really? Yeah. That's couldn't have come it was up ahead with of its time, name, by the way. It was ahead of its time, except it altered the puck. Yeah. Oh, really? And the Canadians didn't like it, what right? Do you, uh, what do you guys think about that? Are you Bounced pro? Or are you, it's hard yeah, to watch per- on television. Hockey in real life is so much better if you're at the game Agreed. than on television. Uh, what do you guys think about the glow puck? Uh, well, uh, progress is a good thing, right? Isn't it? It is. You know what I mean? We need yeah. to do it. it you they're, look wearing, at, they're wearing helmets now and what? mouth guards. This is disgusting. They've stopped punching each other in the face, bare What's knuckles fighting. What? Yeah, like research science is yeah, added into this? Yeah, they got to keep the gloves on if they want to hit each other directly in the face. I don't know. What's this world coming to? Exactly. Well, yeah. That's why you got to come and see comedy. Rumors, Sunday night, 7 p.m. And you know what? The Jets play at 1 in the afternoon so, in Minnesota. So, so it's perfect timing, so right? get drunk during the day, watching the show. Look for the glow puck. It doesn't glow in the dark during the day, but just take a look around for it. And then come to Rumors directly after the Jets win, crushing Minneapolis. <laughs> Love it. Uh, thanks for stopping thanks by. For me and you this guys. is the coolest. Is a cool. legit Hollywood star has arrived 
on our program. Star of the Emoji Movie for children from ages 4 to 12. Exactly. Come and see my R-rated show tonight. I'll be talking about the thing in between my legs because I'll be holding a trombone there. All right, see you guys later. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Well, uh, th- what more can we say? How do we follow that up, Ryan Brandt, when you just wander into your studio and, hey, I just watched you on HBO. Are you kidding me? You call me the producer extraordinaire. Look what I did. I didn't even, I snapped my fingers and a guy came. This is way more interesting than Mark Latest who's sucking back mustard packets and the highlights and the Yurko store calling and we're all out of him. After he goes nuts on the Winnipeg Jets last night with three points and they lose a preseason game. Cuts were made today. We got a bomber game. It's retro night. Silicon Valley in the his house, apparently touring around Winnipeg. You heard it. He added an extra show at Rumors Comedy Club on Sunday. You can get those tickets now. Uh, I think I might do that. It's a great combination. He gives us some great advice. I can't believe he, he just rolled in here like that. A little taken aback, but I like it. Uh, all right, uh, let's get down to business. Uh, my name's Kevin O, if you didn't know, and it's a surprise edition of the Don Vito Round. We shouldn't be surprised that we're on your radio. We're usually here around this time uh, each and every weekday. I, was, uh, I, w- I wasn't surprised to see an email coming out for the Winnipeg Jets this morning announcing five roster moves. So the players who are off to the Manitoba Moose are Logan Stanley, Michael Spachek, Cam Schilling, all three of those to me were destined for the Manitoba Moose and to wear antlers this year. They're going to be big parts of the team. Cam Schilling, a real veteran presence. Logan Stanley continues to develop his game and as a big body, get the foot speed, get the hands, keeping up with the size of the body against pro players, continue to develop. There's going to be opportunity for him on the Winnipeg Jets blue line, if not this year, uh, very soon. Uh, The other two cuts, and we call them cuts because they are assignments, reassignments. Craig Heisinger will throw something at his radio when he hears me call it the minors. He doesn't like it when I use that term for the American Hockey League. It's professional hockey. It's a development league. We understand the situation. Uh, But the way all of us understand it is as you've been cut from the NHL club moving forward. And the other two guys um, who find themselves headed to the American Hockey League to apply their trade to continue to develop are Christian Veselainen and Andre Chibisov. Now Veselainen, everybody's going to point out as a first-round pick, guy who was here, started the season with the Jets last year took part in that nine-game tryout, as many young players do, saw flashes of some great offense from him, played a little bit in the Manitoba Moose exercise, an option in his contract to head back home to play in Finland for a year of professional hockey, and then made the effort to come back. So this is not a player who is unhappy with the organization. As a young player, I don't, and that I've heard the Winnipeg Jets Management group say, oh, you know, we don't have a problem with where they're playing. If they're playing professional hockey and they're playing against men, they're going to continue to develop. Can you learn more about our systems? Create some chemistry with our players in the organization if you chose to remain here? Sure. There's benefits to that. There's also benefits to being more comfortable back at home and maybe perhaps getting opportunity there. We would get the gifts, it seemed, you know, once or twice a week whenever – 
they were playing, and there would be a one-timer from the offside, and you'd see a great release from Christian Veselainen, and you'd be teased and tempted by the offensive skill that he possesses. Saw it once or twice. There's one Moose highlight that just stands out, and it was late in the game, game winner, and he rolled in off the corner and, and just ripped it. And Mitch, Mitch Peacock has mentioned to me a couple of times because he just said, you know, that was one of those statement moments where you realize that this player is a first-round pick and has the potential to be an NHLer, and you can assess that and see that. you got to do it more consistent, consistently. This is the thing with young players and with Christian Veselainen. And we didn't see much offense from him throughout the preseason with the Jets and throughout training camp. You get the idea that he knows the places that he needs to be, can win some battles along the boards, but he didn't stand out. This is not a knock on him. You wonder if he put too much pressure on himself, looking at the situation with no line and Connor in camp. Still, we're still waiting that there was opportunity here. And I know a lot of fans had him penciled in higher up the lineup. We went through this last year with Jack Rosovic, where, as Paul Maurice said, we went away for four months, came back, and Jack Rosovic is a second-line center which was not the case. He started in the middle, was eventually moved over to the wing, had a chance with Mark Scheifele last night and didn't produce any more offense. We know that Roslovic has the skills. We know that Veselainen has a lot of that to his game as well. He's going to play big minutes. He's going to play power play minutes. He's going to be put in a very important role for Pascal Vincent in the American Hockey League and continue, hopefully, to hone the offensive side of his game, and he wouldn't be allowed to do that playing on a fourth line in Winnipeg with the Jets playing only a few minutes a night. So big picture long-term, although uh, you know anybody who's sat across from a coach and told uh, you're being reassigned here and it's devastating and it will take a bit of an adjustment, I'm guessing, for all these players who have been so good coming up through the system, most of them being you know one of the better if not best players on their teams. It's a little difficult to deal with mentally, but you got to wrap your head around that and refocus and do your best and get your earn your way uh, back to the National Hockey League. Christian Veselin, I don't have any doubts that at some point he's going to do that. Uh, Andre Chibisov was a complete wild card for me, I think for most. Signing out of the KHL, not huge numbers. Yeah, he's 26. Yeah, he's six foot four. He's a big body. Then we see him in the preseason games. And we know what the lineups look like in preseason. So we take everything into perspective and into consideration. And he was given an opportunity to play with some real skilled center icemen to see, well, I think offensive instincts. Doesn't speak any English, so you've got the whole language barrier. It's the universal language of hockey. When you make a backhand saucer pass across the middle to a player like Mark Shifley, uh, you're going to get the point, you're going to get the fist pump, and you're going to get the recognition that, hey, you're doing okay. And from what we got loosely translated, he wasn't dropping F-bombs in between from Mikhail Burden, sounds like Andre Chibisov is pretty happy with his game, and it sounds like the man or the Winnipeg Jets were real happy with what they saw. Is this you know, a demotion? Is this a sign that he's not ready? No, if anything, I would say Chibisov is probably closer to being a legit NHL player than a lot of other players. He's more mature at 26. You know all these things that are going to feed into that. Adjust to the 
North American style of game. He looked like he could do that. He can handle the physical toll because he's a big body. He moved decently for a big man. I think it's just about gathering more intel and getting him into lots of minutes. You don't want to bring this guy in that you don't know too much about and have him you know, bounce between the press box and play five, six minutes a night while the Jets work out the kinks in the early part of the season. Their roster is clearly in flux. Put him in a stable situation. Put him in a place where you know maybe you can mine some of that offensive talent, see what he can do with daily updates from Marty Johnson and Pascal Vincent with the Manitoba Moose. He's going to be an easy recall, I think, for the Jets from what they saw in the preseason from him. So as much as these players are off to the Manitoba Moose and they've got opportunity in front of them, you look at who's left in camp and who's done the most to raise their stock, and it's the other training camp wildcard in Jonah Luoto, who should have had two points last night. only got one. I understand that an Oiler player touched the puck between him, outletting it to Mark Letestu on a near two-on-one that ended up with a goal for Tucker Poolman. But his cross-ice feed to C.J. Cease for the opening goal for the Winnipeg Jets last night was a beauty, and we've seen that a few times from him. We saw him mix it up in the corner, getting physical, not being shy, not backing down. He's a good defensively responsible player. And from what we can glean, reading between the lines, from what Paul Maurice has told us during the pregame shows and postgame comments, Mark Letestu and Gabriel Bork are going to be two-thirds of your fourth line and they're going to need a winger, and there's going to be a job opening available there right now with O'Connor and Line A in town. Them signing, them returning will bump around a lot of people and obviously affect your depth on the roster. You can only coach, can only play the players who are here. Luoto got that opportunity last night and once again showed great chemistry, showed that he could play. Is he going to be there opening night? Is he going to be the guy that slots in? Still a few, you know, what, six days away from deciding those kind of things, but he definitely didn't hurt his chances last night, and there's some other intriguing options uh, that the coaching staff will have, depending what else plays out. So five more cuts for the Jets today. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers going retro. It's going to be a retro theme night. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Pack your toque, maybe. It might be a little chilly at IG Field tonight. It's not overly warm, but we'll take it. It's going to be a beautiful fall day for football. The Bombers looking to bounce back. Good showdown against Hamilton Tiger Cats. Bob Cameron being honored at halftime and entered into the ring of honor of Bomber legends. He is a fan favorite, uh, and he is a, a local favorite for us around here. Everybody loves getting into a conversation uh, with the man who booted the ball for so many years and so well for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So we will continue to tee up the Bombers and the Tiger Cats. Uh, Darren Bombing, Chris Walby, and Troy Westwood will have our wraparound coverage tonight. And Walby's going to join us on the program today to give us his thoughts. We've got Matt Nichols news, obviously, a confirmation that he won't play again this year. Yesterday, that's a hot t- topic in, J- in uh, Bomber and Jets land as well. Uh, Scott Bell is going to talk Jets with us, and we're going to hit the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. Bob McKenzie with some interesting comments this morning. We'll hit those next on TSN Radio 1290. Uh, TJ Miller in the house this morning. He'll be playing at Rumors all weekend. I'm sure you're familiar with his work. Silicon Valley, uh, in my mind, one of the funnier shows out there. And uh, he'll claim he's the star of Deadpool, as Ryan Reynolds 
best buddy? Is, is that what it is? Is that what you describe him as? He works at the bar. I don't know. It's, it, you've seen it. I don't have to go into it. Uh, nice to have a, a drop-in uh, special guest kick off the Don Vito roundtable today. Um, if, big news yesterday. Obviously, the Bombers let us all in on uh, the truth about Matt Nichols, that he tried real hard to rehab his shoulder. He has surgery. He's out for the year. Uh, it is the talk of the CFL circles, uh, including with uh, ver- our very own Darren Detition at TSN Television. Joining me now is CFL insider Dave Naylor. And Dave, this injury happened back in week 10. Why was this decision made now? Well, at the time he went out, it was always indefinite. And the Blue Bombers said that he would be evaluated later in the season. There was never sort of a a projection of when he would be back. And as he tried to progress and, and work through and see how it was going, the club made a decision on Sunday that they weren't seeing the progress that they needed to see in order for him to get back and be able to play this season. So the decision was made at that point that he would have surgery this week and he'll begin uh, rehabbing towards next year. But it's an interesting situation for Matt Nichols because he's a free agent to be this offseason and not a great time for an injury just for him on a a personal level. The Bombers open this season on fire. they got a really good football club, but what does this do for their Grey Cup hopes? Well, I mean, Chris Streveler has played very well. He's a different kind of quarterback than Matt Nichols is, way more athletic. They, They do a lot more running with the football than they do when Matt Nichols is the quarterback. But, I mean, you just look at last week, even though it was a loss, the Blue Bombers put up 37 points against Montreal. And they are the second-highest-scoring offense in the league this year, and that's now with Strebler having played a significant amount of the season. Where it gets a little tricky is what's behind him. Sean McGuire has not thrown a live pass, so the Bombers are they don't have a lot of experience. There's a trade deadline coming up on October the 9th. I think a lot of people think they may look to try to acquire some backup experience, especially now that they know for sure that Matt Nichols is not coming back. But uh, Chris Strebler has certainly evolved during the time that he's taken over for Matt Nichols, and uh, it's a lot of pressure on his shoulders but I know a lot of people think he's a he's a gamer and a guy that can still get the Bombers to the Grey Cup certainly got the rumor mill churning about what the Blue Bombers do are they committed to sticking with Sean McGuire uh, behind Chris Strebler the style of play that Strebler you know it's fun to watch the style that he plays he clearly plays like a running plays like a linebacker uh, at the quarterback position but it makes you wince every time he takes another big hit. And I know the guys on the Olympic blue and gold game day wraparound coverage here on the station were awfully certain that a big part of the meltdown in Montreal was part of Chris Strebler not feeling right after having his leg twisted up and him not being able to do what he does well. Maybe that was a reason everybody's weighed in on the blame game. The coaches have done their fair share. Paula police stood in front of some bullets, I think. Uh, from the local media and Richie Hall doing the same on the defensive side. At the end of the day, all three phases broke down against Montreal, and you don't want to see that. It would be unacceptable for it to happen on home turf against the Hamilton Tiger Cats tonight. And it feels awfully doubtful uh, that that will be the case. It's been an up-tempo and um, I would say a focused group at practice this week. From what we've seen, there was one closed practice, so we don't know what went on there, our coverage tonight starts at five thirty uh, with bombing and Westwood and Walby and uh, Bluto will swing by and give us his thoughts a little later in the Don Vito roundtable tonight. I mentioned a couple times it's a retro theme night against the Tabbies. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it's a lot of good stuff if you're a fan going to the game. 
Uh, you got $2 popcorn and $3 hot dogs, so you're going to be able to eat uh, at a retro price, 25% off discount at the Bomber store for all retro merchandise. There's going to be a band playing. They're doing fire pits and hay bales because, you know, that's what we do around here uh, out in the tailgate area. And uh, we will warm you up, the Bombers are telling us, uh, out on the concourse. Uh, they'll be offering not only hot chocolate, you know, for fans of all ages, coffee and Baileys, if you're a little more of the Kevin O persuasion uh, when you need a warm-up. At a football game, uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a fun one at IG Field tonight, and there's lots on the line. Calgary's right here. Saskatchewan is pushing up behind the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the same amount of points in the standings, and Hamilton has been real good. There's some retribution for a loss earlier in Steeltown. So uh, we expect the best of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Andrew Harris back in his second game now. Real good first-half player of the week honors or performer of the week, if you will. Um, he'll be looking to complete that as well. All the Bombers have a solid full 60-minute effort tonight. And Jackson Jeffcoat's going to be back on the defensive end, and we're looking forward to seeing him. It's been a long time since he's had his presence felt. Good rotation on that defensive line. It's been a strength of the Bombers, uh, but Jeffcoat is a game-breaker as well. You know, Willie Jefferson on the other side, so maybe they'll make life difficult for Dane Evans tonight. He's been real good playing uh, since Jeremiah Mazzoli went down. He was the guy that beat the Bombers in that game a few months ago. So uh, lots of Bomber talk coming up. We still have lots of Jets to talk, though. There's been some cuts made. We're going to check in with the Winnipeg Suns Jets writer. You know him as Scott Billick next. You're listening to TSN Radio 1290. Only one little preseason contest left for the Winnipeg Jets. And Paul Marie saying he wants to roll out much of his NHL roster. We already know Connor Hellebuck's going to get the start. Lauren Brossois might see some time. As well, and we got a little more intel as to uh, who will be on that list of players uh, with five cuts uh, made today. Still lots of bodies rolling around and some minor injuries they're dealing with. And, of course, the Connor and Lina, Lina Sagas uh, dragging out. No news is no news at this point. Uh, to talk all things Winnipeg Jets, we bring in Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun to the program. Hi, Scott. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Uh, well, I'm doing fine. Uh, we had T.J. Miller pop into the studio this morning, took me off guard, and I always get him confused with J.T. Miller of the Vancouver Canucks, formerly of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I had to make sure I got my initials right when I spoke to him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so keep going. Sorry. No, no. You feel free. Fire away. No, it'd just be interesting if J.T. Miller was in Winnipeg for no reason at all. Yeah, uh, we'll leave him in Vancouver. That's how I feel about it. Um, And I certainly don't know if I'd be given a first-place team with 60-plus wins, a first-round pick. But we digress. Let's talk about the team uh, we have here in front of us. Uh, we do want to talk about Connor McDavid and the Oilers game last night in the third period, kind of meltdown. I know it's the preseason. Uh, but we get some roster moves this morning. And to me, you know, Spachek, Stanley, um, Schilling all make sense, and I think they were destined to become Moose. What does it say to you that Christian Veselainen's on the list and headed to uh, Antlerland? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, to me, it's just kind of the natural progression of kind of how his camp has gone. I, you know, I don't think his camp has gone as well as he would have hoped. I mean, he, you know, even talked about himself prior to the to, for the team heading out to Calgary that he needed to show more. I think that was his fourth game in Calgary last night would have been number five. Um, so just just not enough from him, you know. I mean, it, it's not that he's not trying out there. I, I kind of. 
um, you know, I kind of understand you know, that part of it. That, but you know, it's just you know, you have a guy like Juno Luwotu, and I'm sure that you know we, we can talk about him too. But I mean, he's just taken kind of his an advantage of uh, of the um, his time. I mean, I think it's zero points now for Christian Vestline, and in in his five games, Juno Luwotu's got a goal and an assist. I mean, it's just the little things that stand out. But it's not just the stats either. I mean, Luwotu has been doing. You know the physical. I mean, whatever you want to, you know, say about Juno Lovato. I mean, he's just been playing very well. Um, you know, just kind of grinding it out. Paul Maurice has had some nice things to say about him. Um, just being able to, you know, adapt to the North American game, um, uh, pick up everything in practice on video, all those types of things. And and those things just haven't really been said about Christian Vesline at this point. Um, you know, you can argue whether or not going back to Europe last year for him was a a detriment or not, um, but uh, you know he he's played well in Europe. He, he played well with the Moose when he came back. He just hasn't really been able to to translate in this in this training camp, and it's not. Uh, yeah, it's just. I mean, I think this was just the way it was going to be, just based on kind of how things were going. And to me, I know a lot of fans had him penciled up higher in the lineup with opportunity with no line A and Connor in town. Uh, but the fact is, you want to continue to to kind of develop him as an offensive player. He's got to play those minutes right. with the Moose. And all due respect to Jonah Luoto, who's been great, he, he probably projects to be a typical, you know, fourth, third line, you know, depth forward who's going to be on, in a checking role. He's more comfortable there with Latestu and Bork like he was last night. Yeah, you know, you know Christian Vestline at the end of the day is a first-round pick that the Jets don't want to have, you know, you know, become a fourth-line player. Juno Luoto is a guy who they picked up in free agency, and, you know, he's you know, filling some holes right now, especially with, with Connor uh, or Kyle Connor road and, and Patrick Lani, you know, both those guys still on sign. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to, you know, playing uh, meaningful minutes, I mean, he's, you know, West line was never going to play those here, but just based on how, how camp has gone, you know, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, the best thing for him is going to be to play with the moose and, and, and play like he did for the games that I think it was 22 or 23 they ended up playing with them last year. I mean, go down there, you know, play those big minutes, you know, you know, develop, you know, parts of the game that, that, that maybe weren't there in, in, in training camp. And, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, either next year or even this year, if, if something goes wrong up front, if there's an injury, whatever it is, you know, even depending how long these contract, uh, you know, stalemates take um, to, to, to sort out. Yeah. I mean, there, there might be a chance, but I mean, it, it's, it's just a culmination of him not being ready to play the NHL game just yet. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, there's a lot of guys who aren't ready for two, three years, and 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 Vestlina might be one of them. I mean, it's just you know, you, every time people think you know, any you know, first round pick in Winnipeg, you know, all these guys have pretty much played right away. You know, let's not you know, maybe not Mark Shafley. I mean, he took some time too. Roslick took some course, time. But, Connor took some yeah, time, I mean, right? Right. Right, so there's been that, but it's just, you know, Vestline's not, he's not where the team wants him to be and then probably not where fans want him to be, and you don't want him to, you know, go out there and, and, and just stunt his growth um, by playing him or not playing him or whatever the you know the case would be if he, had, he did stay up here. So, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I guess it's a, a bit of surprise in this in grand scheme of, you know, it's Christian Vestline and he was supposed to take a step here, but after watching camp for the last, you know, almost two weeks now, um, yeah, not a lot of surprises right now.
Uh, no, not at all. And and for me, for, to him to get the confidence, go play big power play minutes and play in an offensive role with some good players. If it's Logan right. Shaw, if it's Seth Griffith, you know, whomever it is with the Manitoba Moose, get feeling it. And maybe he starts ripping it up there and he becomes an option, you know, sooner than later. Uh, no harm, no foul. It's not going to hurt his development. And there's no guarantee that Luoto is the guy who slots in at the Jets lineup. I know right. we've got it fresh in our mind because he looked pretty good last night. He's looked good throughout camp, and he has a couple of points, and you can see some chemistry developing. Uh, but there's a few other interesting names left up front in camp, and it's all going to you know slide and change if, if Connor and Line uh, do sign and do arrive. David Gustafson, from what I could read it to the between the lines of the coach's comments, is that you know he's going to eventually head back to Europe as a second-round pick, and that's where he's going to play this year. Although you yeah. need centerized depth, he's still in camp. CJC's got the nice goal last night. Jeez, he's in the... Uh, one one v one on the Sports Center for the batting the puck out of midair pass Mike Smith. Great for him. I think he's come on as camp has gone on. He's coming back from injury, but he's a big body, yeah. plays with speed. They know him a little bit. He's center ice depth. The the interesting yeah, one. Yeah. Go, go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, who is the interesting one to you? What do you mean? The interesting like, one to me yeah. is J.C. Lapone, and I know people are going to shake their heads. And we heard Paul Edmonds talk about it in the summer, and they were like, "Why was he kind of?" on the radar and to me it comes down to a thing of development where you know jc's game you know what he brings to the table if you have to slot him in in a fourth line checking role and a penalty killing role in the nhl could you do that yes you can he's proven it he's done it before you're going to get the same game you have all the intel you're not harming his development he's a good team guy he's a good you know um professional at this point in his career and he would take the opportunity if he's going to bounce between the press box or sit in the press box be the extra forward maybe he's the best guy to do that where your young players that you have bigger upside for are, are assigned to the moose so that they can get those minutes yeah uh, i mean I, I that's exactly it right i mean you again if you, you know david gustin obviously would go back to europe but if cjc says to go back you know um, and, and that's probably likely the case at this point. I mean, he, he has had an impressive camp, but... But you got else. Lowry and, and yeah. Little who are dinged a little bit, right? Haven't been skating a ton, so you got to right. keep some center icemen maybe for that game in Minnesota. Heaven forbid that those guys aren't ready. Yeah, exactly. And But, you know, just, you know, on the grand scheme of things, with, when it terms to, uh, you know, just the center icemen, I think Mark Lotestu is that fourth-line center, whether or not, I mean... You know, that's just kind of way that Paul Maurice has kind of talked about it. So, but yes, I, you know, I think CJC has been earned and, and David Gustin as well of being in that conversation. And then, you know, with JC Lapon, like you said, you know, you're getting, you know, he's a hard nosed kid that, that, that plays the game, you know, very much north south. You know, he just, he, he, he kind of reminds him a little bit of Brandon Tanev in that way, but she like, not maybe not at that same level. Um, so you know you're you're getting a guy that he he, he like, you're not going to stunt his growth. He he's, he can sit up in the press box. He's going to practice hard every day, um, and and there's going to be no real downside to that on 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 the on, the, on one end of things, right? You're just going to get a player so uh, that that is already kind of probably fully developed into what he he is always going to be. Um, but yeah, you know CJC's. I think like you said, I mean he he came in. Uh, you didn't really know what was going to with him. You know, he missed a whole half of the season with an injury, um, surgery, all that type of stuff, rehabbing. He had to figure all that out. Um, but it has come on strong. You know, I think he's, to me, I mean, I'd rather see him than Mark Lutestu at that center spot on the fourth line. But, I mean, I, I guess I can understand why you'd want perhaps NHL experience there ahead of, you know, just maybe a bit more skill, just based on how Maurice has always kind of done things. 
Um, you know, I understand that, but I think CJ Seath has earned, like I said, in to be in that conversation. And David Gustafson, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting. You talk about the depth of this team coming into camp, and you would say maybe it's a little sparse, right? I mean, you know, there just wasn't a lot of, you know, guys in the system. A lot of the the good ones had graduated already, and that sort of thing. But it, it's almost like you've kind of found a couple guys now that that have really kind of up their game and then you realize, you know, okay, so some of these guys will probably end up going back, but it's not maybe as bleak as it once, you know, thought it was in terms of, you know, just the depth overall at forward or on defense. I and mean, I think there's just been some, some good additions and some guys who've taken a step up here. So, and I think, yeah, CJ Cease is one of those guys, as long as he can stay, you know, healthy and, and go down to the moose, play a full year, you know, do well. I, you know, I think the, there's a good opportunity for him next season. You know, obviously his goal is to make the NHL, but I think he's been real. You know, I've talked to him. I think he's been kind of realistic. He understands how last season went for him and and what he had to do. And I think he's shown exactly what you know you would want to see from a guy who is, um, you know, coming off an injury and probably more. Uh, and Mark Letester's what 34, going to be 35 years right. old. He's not going to be here forever. Right? You have in 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 some ways you have placeholder situations right with a player that it was stuck in the AHL last year with a lot of NHL experience so there's going to be a road to the NHL for CJ Cease and I think he can see that uh, clearly enough uh, Scott Billick the Winnipeg Sun with us on TSN radio Winnipeg today I, I want to ask you about Chibisov because he was a wild card coming in and to yep. me he showed very well in camp I think this is all about getting him a look and acclimatized to, to life in North America yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think you know, you talk, you know, listen to Paul Maurice talking about how you know Billy Heinola hasn't, you know, slowed down because of the heavy camp and that sort of thing. And I think on the opposite, I think that you know maybe Andre Shevchenko just you know slowed down just a little bit. Um, but also, like you said, I mean, I think they're just the, the the space for him on the roster may not have been there, um, just where based on where they wanted him to play. And and I think again, I think you know he was kind of probably passed a bit by. Uh, uh, Jonah Luoto, Luoto, I'll never get the name right, but uh, um, I think he was probably passed uh, just a bit by him, you know, kind of down the stretch. Uh, but and again, I, I don't, again, I don't think that you know Luoto probably goes down too eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Chibisov again is one of those guys, just like like Luoto and and Cease and all those guys who who are going to end up going down there and, and getting seeing specific or significant minutes. Sorry. Um, and, and, you know, with, with the goal of, you know, perhaps, you know, they are the guys that come up, uh, you know, either due to injury or, 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 or next season. And, 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 you know, the, the Jets have found a couple of free agents now that, that are, you know, essentially very good and, and have kind of picked up the game well, just maybe not at the, at the same speed. But yeah, you know, Chibisov, you know, big guy, um, you know, has shown a little bit of skill at times too. Um, and probably to me, just kind of not, well, I don't want to say fell off. That's not the right word, but you know, kind of just slowed down a little bit. Where you know, June Lodo was kind of just done the same thing throughout camp. There's been no real kind of, um, you know, I guess let down or you know, fall off in this game. Uh, agree with you there, Scotty. Uh, let's talk about the blue line because it is a focus of you know emphasis for everybody watching this team and there's a lot of doom and gloom we heard last night Tucker Pullman goal and assist a little bit of offense in his game as well and the coach has pretty much got him inked in I think we already had him there anyway but he's been dynamite in camp that's great Uh, Billy Hanala is the is the wild card he he just keeps doing everything right it's it's amazing yeah. you hear the coach the the same you know he's he's perplexed as everyone else that you know i keep putting him in situations well, waiting to see oh he's been exposed as a as a young player he just gets the job done it's been great 
Yeah, it, it's very interesting, right? And you wonder how many guys like this Paul Maurice has ever kind of seen in his career, right? For for a guy of, of, of Paul Maurice's experience, and it's over 1,500 games now, I think he's coming into his 23rd year in the league. I mean, that's 23 NHL training camps that he's seen. And for him to, you know, not really know what to say or what even maybe perhaps what to do with the kid, I mean, you, you know, you buy him time because, you know, you, you make your roster cutdowns and all that. And he's not on the list, but he shouldn't be on the list because in my mind, like, you know, this kid has made the team based on merit alone. And, that, and, and you know, just the, the way that he's played is, um, you know, you know, Paul Murray talked last night about how the speed of him was one of his knocks. But what does that matter when, you know, he, he's in the right place every time? I mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, Paul Maurice has done his best not to, uh, to, to gush about this kid. And, and, and still he can't. I mean, it's it's. I mean, nobody really can, uh, you know, not say good things about him. He's played so well um, and, 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 in my mind, earned a spot on the roster. But at the same time, then you, you, you know, and Paul Maurice has said this, like how do you balance, you know, an 18-year-old kid who, you know, you don't want to, like, I mean, I, I see Billy Heino in, in, in the top four at this point, just based on how he's played. I mean, he's been able to handle everything. He can play power play you can play whatever right i mean he's done it he's shown an adeptness of being able to do that and yeah i think the biggest thing with him is just you don't there's such a delicate balance of you know putting too much on his shoulders right away and 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 by all accounts it looks like he can handle all that but you also don't want him to you know somehow fall off here and then sent down to the moose and you know the confidence takes a hit and all those types of things right so he played a 34 game season in europe last year right so where are you going to be a game 30 in an nhl schedule the grind the players the level you have to play at and then you have another 50 games to play well that's it right i mean you you know you you think that you know okay so he made it through a uh, training camp without falling off at all but you know will he fall off like you said you know 30 games into the season that we haven't seen it yet. There's no reason that, you know, but you would, you would also think that, you know, that's just kind of the way it happens. Sometimes, you know, guys can have a good training camp, but it's totally different when, you know, you're playing X number of minutes a night and, you know, it's the, the knock against him, not a knock really, but he is a slight kid and hasn't probably filled out a, a, you know, a frame yet. And so, I mean, I think the biggest thing for the Jets is trying to figure out if they can keep him in North America, at least, you know, keep him in North America play with the moose. I mean, you know, figure out how you can kind of sell that to them where it's, you know, this is the game you're going to be playing here. You're, you're playing the same systems uh, down there as you would up here. So you're going to learn everything that you need to learn to play in the NHL. And even though you've shown you can do that, now you can just develop it, play, you know, tons of minutes tonight, anchor the power play, do whatever you need, you know, they're going to do with him and, and have it all mirror the systems that are up here, uh, you know, in the NHL with, for him. So I think that's just the biggest thing now. I, you know, I, I assume he's gonna, you know, be told that yeah, you know, he's he's done enough to make the team, but just you know, they need to send him down or to do whatever with him. And I think they got to try and sell it on like here, play with the moose. This is you know, this is the best thing. You know, you probably end up getting you know, I don't know if you probably you don't want to promise him he's going to play in the NHL next year, but if he continues to grow the way he's done in this training camp, there's no reason why he wouldn't play in the NHL this year or next year. Sorry. Maybe even this year, if something goes wrong on the back end. So I think you just have to sell um, the biggest thing. Now the challenge is to try and get him to stay in North America, trying to get him to, you know, play with the moose, be down the hall from the jets and, and just, you know, soak up as much of that as he can. They would be very happy for it to be proved wrong on him if he defies right. the odds and does it right. That's my, my take one last one for you, Scotty. Listen, we're six days 
from the start of the regular season yeah. and a trip to New York. There's no Line, there's no Connor, points signed, Kachuk signed. It, it, I didn't think it would get to this. I honestly thought they would be done by now. And yeah. I've been trying, you know, to put it on the back burner. Why are you talking about it? It'll happen when it'll happen. They don't have other chances. I'm, I'm really starting to get worried now, Scott. Where are you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd be worried yet. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, every day that goes by, you're kind of, you know, what, what's the hold up here? Um, you know, everybody, like you said, I mean, all these guys have signed. There's only three. Uh, two of them have the same agent with Line A and, and Miko Rantanen, right? So, you know, what is the hold up here? You've seen everything now possible um, other than Rantanen's contract. But, you know, Line A is not going to make Rantanen money, and nor is Kyle Connor. So those aren't the comparables. I and mean, if you're, I mean, if you're still holding out or you're, I don't know what kind of comparable you'd be looking for at this point that hasn't already been signed, whether it's Braden Point's three-year deal or, or whatever. I mean, they're all, you know, everything's been kind of done now. Um, so what is the holdup? Is, is, it, is it that that last year salary where, you know, the, you know that qualifying offer becomes, you know, uh, astronomical at the end of it or whatever it is? I mean, what's the holdup with Cal Connor right now? I mean, you, you, is he any more than a $7.3 or $7.4 million player after Clayton Keller signed? on the deal that he did, like, I, I don't know. I mean, what is it there? Is it just term? Is it, you know, it, 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 there's so many weird questions because, you know, everything's already out there, laid out. I mean, the the, the road to, to, to a contract for both players is seemingly, you know, it's already been paved and they just haven't come yet. I think that's kind of where part of the, the worry is, is just what is taking so long? What is being demanded by both sides? I mean, there's been reports and that sort of thing about, you know, uh, $7 million versus $6 million and all that sort of thing. Um, but you know, until we you know, we finally see what the end result is for these contracts. I mean, that's yeah. When yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 it, it's more perplexing than the whole Billy Heinola thing, right? I mean, it's just there's there, there's no real rhyme or reason why it's taking as long as it has now, based on who's signed already. And and now you come to a point where I mean, yeah, these guys have been skating with their teams, but I mean, they're not going to be ready even if they sign today. I don't think they're ready for game one. Might not even be ready for that first road trip. So. I mean, it's now it's starting to affect the team on the ice, and 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 yeah. So there's just a lot of things going on, and obviously there's the bigger picture of you know making sure these guys do get signed for you know whatever length of deals they do. But I mean, for a team that's you know, people are now suggesting are even on the, the playoff bubble this year. I mean, I think you want to have every opportunity to win, and and I don't think that's the case right now because they're just not enough. They're not well. The deals aren't done yet. A lots to be determined still, Scott. Thanks for making time for us today. Always appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Kevin. Appreciate it. Scott Billick, uh, Jets writer for the Winnipeg Sun. Stay with us. You're listening to the Don Beetle Roundtable on TSN 1290. Big night for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. who host the Hamilton Tiger Cats looking for a bounce back. You know, Matt Nichols is done for the season now. It's the Chris Streveler show moving forward. It probably always was. Uh, but Mr. Nichols tried his best to rehab. He won't uh, be a factor out on the field on the upcoming season. I'm guessing he will be off it, though, uh, helping coach from the sidelines. Uh, next up, we'll talk with Chris Walby about the Bomber game tonight, and we'll check in on our old friend Rusty Tanov in Pittsburgh. Find out how his training camp's going with Seth Rohrbaugh. That's ahead on the Don Vito Roundtable. This is TSN Radio 1290. Hey, it's Kevin O, 12 noon in Winnipeg. Here's what's trending. Five more players off to the Manitoba Moose from the Winnipeg Jets training camp. Stanley Schilling, Spacek. Veselainen and Chibisov, Jonah Luoto, has made an impression. And let's hope the Tiger Cats buy into the retro night theme at IG Field and play like those eastern bottom feeders that I remember them being as I grew up. It'll be Bob Cameron night as well. 
at the stadium. Looking forward to that one. With more, here's Ryan Brandt in the Sports Center. I think a big man would be easier to find tracking down Chris Walby. Don't worry, he'll join the program at some point uh, in the meantime. Uh, let's check in with the That's Hockey panel led by Gino Retta because we need to know any intel we can get on the outstanding RFAs. Let me ask you the question we've been asking for weeks on end and really before the end of the regular season last year. What's the latest on Lion A and Connor? Well, quiet today with the restricted free agents, and I guess we might as well extend that over to Dustin Bufflin in that scenario as well. Quiet on that front, too. I wouldn't read too much into any of that at this point, but obviously the timing now is becoming an issue for the Winnipeg Jets. If they start the regular season without the likes of Patrick Lyon or Kyle Connor, it becomes a bigger issue. And because we're creeping towards opening night of October 2nd, you got to wonder if Lion A is going to get his deal done in time to clear through immigration and all of those things. If both these guys are unable to start the regular season, then the salary cap becomes a bit of a crunch. Obviously it does. So there's still some hope, obviously. It's the intent of the organization to continue to chip away at this. Yesterday it seemed like maybe there was a bit of progress being made, but mostly quiet today. Well, wow, there's still so much hanging in the balance on that. You know, there's a there's the jury's also out right now, I think it's safe to say, on Nick Ehlers. Because we're really not sure what to expect. There's different expectations inside the team, different expectations from the team. What are your expectations from this kid? Uh, my expectations are 30 goals. I think I had those expectations a couple of years ago. I think a lot of people had those expectations a couple of years ago. Nick Ehlers is a goal scorer. He has proven it with Halifax. He hasn't quite opened up in the National Hockey League. And I think that's what uh, you, you can hear... Coach Paul Murray's talk about they're looking for him to shoot the puck. They want him to score more goals. That is where I see Nick Ehlers fitting in. This is a great opportunity. Players get opportunities from injuries. This situation is contract negotiations of teammates that aren't going to be in the lineup. He can be now a first-line power play guy. Guess what? If Nick Ehlers starts scoring on the first-line power play, well, Nick Ehlers isn't going to be taken off the power play just because Kyle Connor shows up or the big shot of Patrick Laine shows up. He's going to stay in that first-position power play unit if he is scoring goals. He has the talent to do it. He's now going to get extra opportunity to do it. It's time for Nick Ehlers, watching all those shifts of himself over the past season, to step up, realize, I need to be a goal scorer in the National Hockey League for the Winnipeg Jets. I think it's a fantastic opportunity, and I fully expect he'll take... Dave Reed and Darren Dreger, along with Gino Ritta on the That's Hockey panel talking RFAs, everybody's talking about it because, as they said, the clock is now ticking, even if you were to parachute those players in and get a deal done here on a Friday afternoon. You got a trip to New York. You've got only a couple of practices. You've got one preseason game left. Uh, it seems like it's crunch time. Uh, in negotiations, uh, but we don't know. We're not part of it. Everybody digging for details, including uh, the big show this morning who had insider Bob McKenzie as one of their guests. You know, it's it's obviously getting really close to being a, a dire situation if it's not already for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, season starts on Wednesday, and and as I've explained to you guys and as everybody knows now, and we see we saw it in practice last year with the Willie Belander contract. If a player comes in multiple weeks or multiple months late to the season, the way they calculate that on a long-term contract, the way the first-year cap hit is calculated, where it's so much higher than the other years, Winnipeg Jets can't afford that. They just can't. Um, they're too tight, and it's not a good situation at all. So we're getting very close to the moment where if these guys don't sign soon, then we're going to start getting into the meters running on what that first-year cap hit is going to look like, and that's really problematic 
for the Winnipeg Jets, and I'm sure the players probably know that, and they probably think that's a leverage point for them. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, we'll see if that pushes the two sides together. But on, on Connor, this, the sense we've gotten, and my colleague Pierre Lebrun's written a lot about it this week, is that, you know, maybe he's looking for a, a six-year deal that would give him around $7.5 million uh, AAV. And the Jets just aren't there. There's a, there's a financial gap in terms of value. We also have reported this before that we, we sense that Connor would like a, a we'll go look at Timo Meyer's contract with the San Jose Sharks. And it's a four year deal with a $6 million AAV. But in the, in the last year of that contract, the salary is $10 million. So it's a very high qualifying offer. And, um, you know, players like Meyer and Connor are very similar in that they're both late birthdays and they haven't played enough games to be able to walk themselves to free agency in four years. They they would take five years to get there. So that's why a four-year deal that doesn't work for most of the RFAs because it walks them right to free agency conceivably works with guys like Meyer and, and Connor because they're still a year away. Although with the big $10 million salary in the, the final year, you know, a $10 million qualifying offer would walk them right to free agency on top of the, the, uh, the $24 million that they picked up over four years. So uh, Jets don't seem to have any interest in a, in a four-year deal. Right now it seems like a six-year deal or bust, and they don't appear to be close um, or imminent on, on the money. So that's problematic. Um, the line A one is is different again, and the sense seems to be that line A only wants to do a two year bridge deal, and that you know he he may be looking for as much as seven million or more on a two year bridge, which is really 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 high. We saw Matthew Kachuk just get seven million for for three years, and um, and so you know I don't know what number the Jets have in mind, but I'm going to guess it's probably got a six in front of it. So. Uh, at face value, I would look at that one and say, well, you know what, if, if he wants seven and they want six, then, you know, maybe they can meet in the middle of the high sixes. But it, then it comes back to, well, I don't know. Some of the comments that Wainey's made sometimes, you know, you, you wonder how, how eager is he to be back? Does, you know, and at some point, you know, that, that goes into the equation too. Player, during the Marner negotiations, I said at one point, Okay, you know what? At some point, Marner's got to decide: does he really want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf or not? And and he did, and he got paid very well. And and maybe if Flynn got paid Mitch Marner money, he'd want to be a Winnipeg Jet. But there's been enough written and said that that just seems to be a sidebar to the whole thing too. And and maybe if you dig in so hard on the money, it's because you you're not fully invested in in being with with that team or you're open to the idea of of maybe and it was Lane himself who raised it when he talked about you know in the the summer and I believe it was an interview he did with Chris Johnson um where he he raised the possibilities of of well you never know where you end up type thing and so that contributes to a lot of it too but here's the other situation with Lane he's obviously European I would imagine there's some immigration work to be involved he's in Europe right now uh, the season starts on Wednesday. Um, you'd like him, if you're going to get a deal done, you'd like him to get some practices in. You'd like the paperwork to be processed so that he's actually available and ready to go on opening night. Um, and we're getting really close, if not almost past the point, on that being a realistic possibility. 
uh, realistic possibilities are dwindling. I don't like the sounds of that, Bob Father, this morning on the big show. You'll hear on Mondays and Fridays throughout the hockey season, spreading his wisdom about all things NHL, all things Winnipeg Jets. And there's a few nervous phone calls last night throughout the Huron Windows postgame show for Darren Bombing and myself. Uh, you know, a few calls, a few comments through the text line and through Twitter. It's Connor Hellebuck. Okay, what's the deal? Why did he bobble that puck? Why is he allowed nine goals in two preseason games? Should we be more nervous? The Jets' defense is not going to be what it was, and you're going to need your goaltending to be outstanding. Why is Lauren Brossois looked, you know, rock solid in the preseason, regardless of who's in the lineup out in front of him? Yet, for Connor Hellebuck, the pucks have been sliding past him. Well, uh, this, there's no working around it. He allowed five goals last night, three of them in the third period to the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think you can blame him on the James Neal flip pass and on a power play to Connor McDavid for a wide open net. He did stare down McDavid a couple of times on clear one-on-one rushes uh, coming in all alone. Now McDavid had a chance to tap it back, hit the side of the net, uh, but he did stop him. Stopped Leon Dreisaitl a couple of times, bearing down on him as well. What is Connor working on? Is it you know, small intricacies in his game. We know that's how he focuses. He wants to have the final preseason game in Minnesota on Sunday afternoon to make sure that he's up to speed. And we've heard Paul Maurice say that he wants Lauren Brossois to get in to a little bit of game action, even if it's only one period, because he hasn't, uh, he would be going almost two weeks since having any uh, game time action and, and legit shots coming at him. Uh, so you want everybody to be ready, especially when you start the season on a back-to-back with the Rangers and the Devils right out of the gate and a trip through New York. All right, we finally tracked down the big man. Chris Walby, are you with us? I sure am, kid. I've just come out of the uh, the craziness of shopping and I'm back in the house uh, ready to uh, get ready for the game. Uh, we like that. As long as you're gearing up, you got to bring in some treats for Westwood and bombing tonight. I, I certainly am. I, mean, uh, I can't, you know, but obviously Westwood doesn't eat any garbage food. That's, uh, he's too healthy, so I'll just have to give it a DB. Uh, he is a chiseled individual, no doubt about it. Uh, listen, uh, the Matt Nichols news comes out yesterday, and I don't think it was a huge surprise to everybody, maybe the timing of it, that he tried to rehab. Now you know. What changes now that you know that he's not coming back? Well, I think the biggest thing is he becomes a coach now, right? I mean, obviously he's not going to be back this year. Uh, it's a big loss. Listen, I, 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 you know, I was always thinking about it. I said, you know, he's probably going to come back for the playoffs. But then I said, if Strebler plays well, how do you put him back in? If he's, you know, if the chemistry is doing really well, how do you put him back in? I think it's, this is a good situation. You don't want to bring back Matt Nichols if he's not 100%. He obviously couldn't rehab the, sh- the shoulder. Had surgery, I believe, yesterday. So good on him. Uh, come back 100%. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, though, guys, because obviously – Nichols and Strebler are both in their option year and uh, looking for new contracts. So it, uh, it bodes for a very interesting uh, end of the year and off season. How do you know if a guy is all the way back? How do you know that he's ready? That's you know, right. if, if you're looking at Matt Nichols and regardless if Strebler gets them, you know, to the promised land or not in that, in that time frame. Well, I think, you know, the big thing will be how Chris does right now. I mean, obviously he's two and two, three and five overall kind of the games last year. Uh, I thought he had his best passing game last week. Can he continue to do that? He's going up against a ferocious front seven. Uh, Jagarit Davis, 10 sacks. I think he's at uh, – Dylan Wynn's got nine. That right side of that defensive line 
is uh, they're monsters. And obviously, we all know about Simone Lawrence and his little bit. He, yeah, he likes to exceed or, or, or push the laws of, of what's legal a little bit. He got the maximum fine for another hit. So, uh, But he didn't play the last game. Uh, he was suspended last time the Bombers played, so he's going to add something there. Yeah, it's, you know what? This is going to be a great game, and I just want Chris to go out there and play the game that he can. I think he is. I, it's his team now. There's no ifs and whens and buts, and you know that it's still Matt's team. It's Chris's team now. I know the coaching staff has said time and time again, Chris Streveler plays Chris Streveler football. We need yeah. him to do that to be effective. But I wince every time. I'm scared. I'm turning away every time he takes another big hit. Can he yeah. continue to play like that now that there is no backup plan? You know, with all due respect to Sean McGuire. Well, that's the interesting point, right? Obviously, you know, right now they're jokingly saying Darvin Adams is the third-string quarterback, but Sean McGuire, who hasn't taken a snap in live action, uh, you know, does this force their hand into try and picking up a, you know, a traveled or a veteran quarterback? And if they do, who is out there that has any kind of uh, – that can you know, actually help this team? Uh, that's the interest. I don't know if there's anybody out there that would be quality enough to come back in here. And what do you do with Sean McGuire? Do you push him to third now? Uh, so I, I, this is going to be very interesting. Now, Chris is a tough guy, but I'll say this. I thought Strebler got beat up a little bit in Montreal. He looked like not the same guy in the second half as far as running. And I've always said the one thing that Chris is going to have to watch is I think every team is going to try and spy him now, and they're going to try and put somebody on Chris Strebler. And I think, you know, this will be uh, Justin Tuggle or Simone Lawrence, one of the two. And if they take away the run game, now you're really forcing them to beat you through the air, much like our defense is going to try and do with Dane Evans and Hamilton. Uh, what do you make of Evans and what he's been able to do with the Tabbies, Chris? Uh, very impressive. Uh, you know, that's a year of quarterbacks, and I'm going to expand a little bit on that. And the fact that you've got Pajardo, you've got uh, Arbuckle in Calgary, uh, you've got Dean Evans, who's thrown in at the last get time they played the Bombers when uh, Mazzoli got hurt. Um, you know, he's had three straight 300 passing, uh, plus passing yard games. Uh, he's made some great decisions. He had a crazy quarter last week. I think he was 7 8 for 197 yards, three touchdowns. Against Edmonton, they had a twenty-four nothing lead and almost lost that game. Um, they they lost on a blocked field goal uh, last second to Calgary, so they basically could be eleven and two right now. This is a very very good team, but I like Dane. Uh, I think Dane Evans is a guy that seems to be uh, understand the offense. He's been there for three years, so it's not like he's just a rookie in the in their system. Uh, obviously, Tommy Condell, the offense coordinator, has worked with him. He's got, and plus they got some guys back. I mean, obviously, uh, the having a running game. I don't think any team, and I said this before, when the fall starts getting a little cooler and the weather changes, you can't live through the air all the time. So the running game is going to be paramount. They got um, Malik Irons back. He, uh, he missed those last six games. They picked up Tyrell Sutton. Very interesting pickup. Played for BC, but he had a 1500 or a 2015 had a thousand yard rushing season with Montreal. So he's a veteran, seven years in the league. They've got some talent, man. This is going to be a very, very tough challenge for the Bombers. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Chris Walby, uh, part of your Olympic blue and gold game day coverage here on the station, joining us now on the Don Beetle Roundtable to set up the Bombers and the Tiger Cats. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat returns. What does that change on the defensive line? This is a guy who has, uh, hasn't played uh, for the last six weeks. And at the time, he had three sacks and 11 tackles. Uh, I'm just going to put that in perspective. Willie Willie Jacks, uh, Willie Jefferson has 11 sacks, which is crazy. I mean, I, we know about the fourth one, but he's only got 18 tackles. Jackson is an impact player. I think he's a game changer. So I think when you bring Jackson Jeffcoat on the other side, boy, I tell you what, you get the push from Richardson, Nevis, or Thomas in the middle, uh, I think these guys could really go to town tonight and have a great game. Obviously, they're going against a very good offensive line. 
led by Chris Van Ziel. So um, this is, you know, I, this is what you want to have in a game. I forget the records. Uh, the records mean nothing to me. It's just the talent on both sides. They both have good offensive lines. They both have excellent defensive line, uh, defensive lines and linebackers. I don't know if the edge goes to Hamilton in the secondary. I know they got Frankie Williams who's playing crazy ball out there in the corner. So this is it's got all the matchups. Now, can Andrew Harris have a huge game? I think he has to have a huge game running the football, and I bet you're going to see Chris Trevor and Andrew Harris do a lot of the run-pass option, the RPO, as they like to call it. Um, if they can start off like they did last week, I don't know if they can against the Hamilton team, and then finish off, which they haven't done against Toronto, which they haven't done against, obviously, Montreal last week. Um, this bodes well for them, but it's, I mean, obviously, you're putting the uh, 6-0 and home home game win streak on the line today against a team that is basically, I think, what is what is Hamilton versus the West? I think they're 6-2 and two versus the West. So, any way you look at it, any way you put the cards on the table, it's going to be a classic. Uh, looking forward to it in your coverage tonight. Have a great show starting at 5.30 tonight. Chris, thanks for squeezing us in. Hey, Ryan, thanks for that. Or Kevin, sorry, buddy. I'm used to talking to your boy, too, eh? It's all hey, good. Thanks for letting me go shopping, man. That was a wonderful experience <laughs> with my wife. We're here for you, buddy. We're all good teammates. Uh, <laughs> Big news on the Twitter machine. Darren Drager tweeting out, Buckle up, Winnipeg. Talks are heating up on a Line A extension. That is the latest. We will monitor that and give you a chance to win next on TSN Radio Winnipeg. All right, let's see if we can make somebody's Friday. We have a caller on the line. Caller, what's your name? Steven. Steven, welcome to the program. Where are you calling from? Carmen, Manitoba. All right, Carmen, Manitoba on the air. Congratulations for getting through and playing TSN 1290's Be a Player Payoff. We'll give you a classic Great White North pizza from Boston Pizza, and now we're going to follow your career. Do you know how the game works? Yes. All right, we'll watch your player payoff grow as long as you continue to move upward in your career. Your payoff will grow after each step we ask you if you want to retire and take the money. If not, you want to keep listening and finding out how your career goes. You could have the big player payoff and win thousands of dollars are you excited yes okay don't go, hold on for too long or you'll end up losing all your cash here we go steven good luck our broadcast crew is now following your career brian munns here the team's roster grew by one today no fanfare no real hype of any kind we don't know much about the player but the opening payoff of 50 dollars suggests the team may have some doubts about him well, you're on the team. You're not on the radar of the coaching staff yet, Stephen. You have 50 bucks in your player payoff. You want to retire or you want to keep going? Keep going. Let's Still find not out. Much to report on the latest pro- Still not much to report on the latest prospect. The team have nothing to say about their player, good or bad. We see the player in the locker room and participating in practice drills, and apparently there's another $50 on the player payoff check. You're flying under the radar, Steven. Slow but steady. Might win the race. You're up to 100 bucks. You want to continue on or you want to retire and take the money? I want to retire and take the money. 100 bucks? Yeah. Put it in the wallet? Yes. Well, they haven't seen you yet. You haven't even shown what you can do, but it is your choice. $100 to our good friend Steven, uh, just for fun. And we're going to find out what would have happened. Are you ready to hear? Yes. All right. Noticing there's someone unfamiliar sitting on the bench, the team gives the player a chance to finally get into a game. The player immediately scores five goals and five shifts and retires from hockey. But not before the winning million-dollar score-and-win contestant gives the player $1,000. Oh, my goodness, Steven. What? Are you kidding me? Well... 
You were so close, my friend. A hundred bucks is nothing to sneeze at. Nope. You could have had it added another zero to your playoff player payoff. Uh, you were that close, but uh, congratulations! You get a pizza, you get lunch, and you got a hundred bucks, Stephen. Thanks for playing. Okay, then. Stephen from Carmen, Manitoba. Stay on the line, Ryan Brandt. We'll get all your particulars. Uh, we have and are awaiting breaking news uh, on the Winnipeg Jets front. Darren Drager, insider from TSN, uh, tweeted out 12 minutes ago, buckle up, Winnipeg. He's hearing that talks are heating up on a Patrick Line extension. We said the clock was ticking. The deadline is arriving. Are we getting closer to some restricted free agent news and perhaps a new contract here in Winnipeg, we will continue to monitor the situation, keep you up to date uh, each and every step of the way. As soon as we know, you will know, Jet fans, perhaps this will be a fun Friday, even more fun than for a guy like Steven, who came awfully close to winning $1,000 on the Be A Player payoff uh, this morning on the Don Vito Roundtable. Your next chance to win, of course. Still lots of money in the bank. Apparently, uh, Huss and Rick will give you a chance to be a player and earn that big payoff coming up at 5.15 a little later today on the afternoon ride. And we continue to await news from Jets camp. Uh, We had some roster movement this morning with five players reassigned to the Manitoba Moose. Was that a harbinger of good things to come? We've all got our fingers crossed uh, that something is in the pipeline and on the way, but nothing official yet. Uh, We wait Together. Uh, in the meantime, we'll take a little trip to Pittsburgh and check in on Brandon Tanev. How's he liking playing with that Evgeny Malkin guy? I'm guessing he might be pretty happy. We'll find that out and more right after this on TSN Radio 1290. The rumors were true. We've got breaking news. Patrick Line re-upping with the Winnipeg Jets. It's a two-year bridge deal. 6.75 AAV. Patrick Line. Uh, hopefully, on his way back to Winnipeg, we knew it would hap- have to happen eventually. Now we wait for Kyle Connor, uh, but breaking Jets room uh, news with Patrick Line back in the fold. Uh, we're happy to bring in Jets analyst Brian Munns to talk about this deal. Hey, Munzi, we got news finally, buddy, finally. Just as I'm about to hit the first tee, it's <laughs> Sorry, my friend. Uh, just right. quick. Quick reaction, $6.75 million is the AAV, according to Darren Drager and Pierre Lebrun. Yeah, you know what? It's great for everybody involved. Obviously, when you look at the scenario, uh, you know I know you mentioned it earlier, kind of one down, one to go. So now we just wait to see what will happen with Kyle Connor. But, you know, it's great for everybody. I think when you look at all the markets that have been around the league so far, and we all thought it would happen a lot quicker when the Mitch Marner deal went through with Toronto, that it would be a domino effect. But it hasn't been. Uh, you know, obviously, I wouldn't expect him to be in the lineup on Sunday for the Minnesota game because he's got to get here from Finland. But, you know, the nice part about it here is you take a look at the whole thing leading into the regular season now next week in New York is when he gets here, he'll have an opportunity to skate with the team for a little while and kind of get accustomed again to, you know, the National Hockey League pace of, of the regular roster here. So it's a good day for everybody. You know what? It uh, gives the organization a chance to put another one of their star players uh, in the lineup here, get things lined up for the Ranger game coming up next week. And, you know, I think it also relieves a lot of pressure off general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff, obviously, because he was the guy that had to deal with two, and now it's just Connors. So, all good. Uh, we're hearing from Pierre Lebrun that the Jets had offered around two years, uh, $6 million last week. Line A was in his camp countering uh, with seven. They came to a compromise. What do you think 
uh, led to them working out their differences and coming on a number where they both agree? Well, I think the word you used is best right there is compromise, right? Because in any negotiation, you need one side to start to move towards the middle if you're going to make anything happen in that regard. So let's be honest. Uh, we all know, and it's been well talked about here since this whole kind of stalemate has been going on, that people are kind of focusing on the deficiencies in his game. But every time you talk to Paul Maurice, it really is about the 200-foot game that Patrick Laine was able to develop last year despite the fact that he hadn't scored as many goals as what people expect. But he truly is, you know, a very unique player when you look at what his skill set offers. And really the only guy you can compare to him is Alex Ovechkin. And you look at, and I think that's one thing for me that people forget about is you look at how long it kind of took Alex Ovechkin to try and get his game to where it wanted to be. There is, you know, some development here continuing, but, uh, from what we saw last year and how Patty was able to you know, work on things when he wasn't scoring and, and get everything else going, I think, uh, again, this is, uh, you know, this is a great day for the organization, and Jet fans should be pretty happy that uh, they've got one of the most prolific goal scorers ready to go on opening night. 110 goals in three seasons. Got him for another two years at 6.75. We'll cross all those future bridges when we get to it. Um, is there going to be some relationship repair that has to go on, whether it be at management, organization, and teammates? No, I don't think so. And, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, obviously Brian Little's the one that everybody was kind of targeting. And, you know, Brian came out and said right away that, he and Patrick had the phone call, and you know I know Blake Wheeler and Patrick Laine have been in constant conversation all the way through. So at the end of the day, there's going to be, I'm sure, some lighthearted ribbing of, hey, what took you so long to get here and all that kind of stuff. But give him 10 minutes to walk inside that dressing room. He's just going to be another one of the guys. And, you know, he is such a fun-loving individual here that, uh, you know, I think the one thing about Patrick Laine is he's never been afraid of a microphone. So I don't <laughs> think it's going to take very long for him to – you know, come back here, step in front of everybody, answer a few of the questions that, you know, I personally don't think he's going to need to answer, but he's probably going to have to anyway. And then uh, away you go, and it's hockey moving forward. Well, there's been some uh, critics of his game, but that first one-timer, ripper on the power play, all will be forgotten and forgiven Patrick Laine uh, with a two-year bridge deal. Munzee, tee off and uh, shoot a couple of, uh, at least a couple of birdies today for us at Southwood, would you, pal? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date. And obviously, uh, I've been in conversation here with uh, the Jets over the last couple minutes. And if something's coming up as uh, the day goes on, it'll be a quick trip downtown. Great stuff. Thanks for making time for us and squeezing us into what we hope will be, busy, be a busy day. Will we get a double dip from the Winnipeg Jets? Patrick Line, Darren Dreger, breaking it uh, about uh, 10 minutes ago now. Two years, 6.75 AAV. We're waiting for more details. We're waiting for an official announcement, but uh, they have agreed to terms according to the insider's information uh, through our friends at TSN, and we'll continue uh, to monitor uh, all avenues of uh, intel on uh, what this means for the Winnipeg Jets moving forward and if Kyle Connor can get done now and you know this is a two-year bridge for Patrick Liney so you call up cap friendly and react to this you'd been hearing a bridge deal most of the bridge deals that were out there were three-year deals, right? You look at Braden Point, you look at what Matthew Kachuk's doing with the Calgary Flames, you wondered if it might be structured around that. I think this goes to show, you know, the number is the same, 
Uh, but this goes to show that they're doing their own deal here. And, you know, Patrick Liney had his own wants and needs. He's betting on himself. He now puts himself in a great position in two years to have a massive payoff. We haven't had any details come in on the structure of the contract. We've seen a lot of, you know, back-loaded, uh, big qualifying offer numbers on the second year, on the last year of the deal to ensure that there's a guaranteed raise, essentially making it a, you know an extra year on the contract because the player knows what kind of tax bracket they're going to be in going forward. Is that going to be the structure? We've heard some rumors that that was one of the holdups, that the Winnipeg Jets didn't want to go down that road. Uh, but as in with every negotiation, uh, things have to swing back and forth. So some concessions are going to be made on either side. I know there's been some questions uh, about Patrick Laine and his desire to be in Winnipeg and some of the frank comments of people trying to read between the lines and use Google Translate uh, on Finnish reports. Patrick Laine, as we've seen time and time again, loves playing hockey. His rights are owned by the Winnipeg Jets. This is where he's going to play. He wants to be back in the NHL. He advised you know, his representation and Mike Liud, uh, that this deal worked for him and he's back in the fold. Pierre Lebrun, TSN insider and athletic writer, says the line A breakdown is year one, $6 million, and year two, 7.5. So line A's qualifying offer is going to come in at that or more. So both line A and the Jets looking at this as last year being the blip on the radar in his goal totals. 36, steady progression to 44, drops back to 30 last year. The Jets are willing to go 7.5 or more. And at that point of where he is under the salary cap and moving towards unrestricted free agency, you'd like to think that a long-term deal would be in the mix. And all of this stuff goes away if Patrick Laine scores 40, 50, even more. He has that potential this year. I think back to how many times Watch every single game, as you know, doing the pre and the post. How many high and wide shots that we saw from Patrick Lanny just, just outside of the bar. And how many goalposts and crossbars he's rattling uh, time and time again. Could he easily have had 40 goals last year in a down season, in a year where everybody looked at the numbers in the month of November and the numbers throughout the rest of the regular season? And how low they were. Were were there other factors in play? We did, as you might recall, and it's kind of been buried in the onslaught of criticism on Patrick Lani's 200-foot game, was that he felt that he didn't feel right at points last year. I heard, you know, uh, it was a a tweak in his back, whatever it was, uh, moving forward. Maybe that was affecting his release, his shot. I think the absence of Josh Morrissey and Dustin Bufflin for the back half of the season, again, I harp on it. I go back to it, uh, that it was a big part of the problem on the back half of the season, that that affected Patrick Laine's production as well, especially on the power play. I know Jacob Truba filled in admirably. I know that he is a right-handed shot, and that's who you wanted at the top uh, of the power play, at the top of the umbrella and letting shots and feeding the pucks in. I didn't feel that Jacob Truba set the table for Patrick Laine as smoothly, not nearly as smoothly as Dustin Bufflin did, and even with Morrissey being the left-handed shot uh, with the soft touch and the the passing ability that he has uh, setting the table for Laine. So he had fewer opportunities. And then if penalty kills, you know, all of a sudden could uh, start 
not worrying about taking that option away, focusing on Mark Scheifele in the middle. You had one less option. Patrick Laine, two-year bridge deal, 6.75 AAV, $6 million in the first year, 7.5 in year two. Ken Weeb of The Athletic now joins us for some instant reaction to Laine finally signing. Hi, Ken. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, this is obviously huge, huge for the organization, huge for the city. Uh, just your initial reaction to the number that it comes in, same as Braden Point's number. It's a two-year deal. What do you read into all of this on first brush? Yeah, I think that it's a smart deal for Line A. I know that the, the latest trend was to go to three-year bridge deals, and that's fine for those players. But for Line a, I think the two years is enough for him to get established as what I expect will be a 40-plus goal scorer. And in that time, obviously, with the $7.5 million in the second year, that means his qualifying offer will be 7.5 or higher. But for the Jets, it's important to keep that number there because the projections earlier in the week were in that $9 million range on a three-year bridge, which would have made things a little bit more challenging in some regards. But for me, I think Line A, by the time we get through these two seasons, will have established himself uh, what he's going to be, whether that's a regular 30 goal guy like last year or 40 plus which is where i project him to be Uh, let's talk about the timing of the deal you've got you know one preseason game left he's in switzerland and was skating uh with burn over there it's unlikely he's going to play in a preseason game do you think it's realistic to have him set and ready for opening night in new york next week yeah, I do, uh, for sure. I think obviously it needed to get done today or tomorrow for that to happen, uh, you know, given the jet lag or whatever else he's going to have to deal with. But for me, I think it was essential for the Jets to get both of the deals done. Obviously, they needed to get one done first. They've done that. Uh, I think Line will be ready. Obviously, as we mentioned uh, yesterday on the, the previous seven, I mean, Patrick Line on a bridge deal can't afford to have any time lost. I mean, he is trying to establish himself as probably a 50 goal guy that's going to compete for the Rocket Richard Trophy every year so for him to do that he needed to be in the lineup right out of the gate and he couldn't afford a William Elander situation where he was sitting out for a month or almost two and then and the Jets couldn't afford to have that salary cap penalty against their cap this year right bang on which is again why I think that what I've been saying from the beginning is that they'll get both guys done I think that Kyle Connor uh, is going to get done on a long-term deal now as well I mean earlier this week I was projecting somewhere between seven and seven and a half it's probably going to be around that Clayton Keller number, either 7.15 or 7.25, whatever it is. But that's the next uh, step for Kevin Chevaldeoff, and obviously we expect him to be working hard at that uh, because we want to set both guys in the lineup, especially with the uncertainty regarding Dustin Bufflin. They need their forward group to be at its absolute peak. We know they have a lot of t- skill and a lot of talent out there, but they needed those 64 p- goals to be in the lineup because those numbers are probably going to be on the rise for both players. Ken Weeb at The Athletic joins us on TSN Radio Winnipeg. We're talking about Patrick Laine's two-year bridge deal, 6.75 AAV. From an outside perspective, Ken, you're going to look at that number. You're going to say, duh, like that's where it was going to be. It's right in the middle, right? What took so long? You know, people are reading between the lines. They're saying, you know, does Laine want to have a long-term future in Winnipeg? Uh, you know, are there issues, ruffled feathers, all that stuff? You know, we try to read between the lines, and everybody reads into it. Everybody has a theory. What took so long? Yeah, structure for me is what took so long. Uh, obviously, KO, I think, uh, I mean, I know it seemed simple to us uh, from the outside as it was going to be a split the difference at six and a half or maybe slightly higher. But for me, it's all about that second year and the structure. And I mean, the Jets were probably pushing for a third year on the bridge deal because it would give them some more cost certainty at a time where every dollar has been valuable for them. So 
Uh, I think both sides knew that they wanted to get things done. I don't think this has anything to do with line A wanting out of town or anything like that. Uh, does he want to play more of a prominent role? Yes. But guess what? If Patrick Liney is playing the kind of game that he played with Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler last year, he's going to get those opportunities, at, more opportunity at five-on-five five to show that he can be an all-around player and a dominant force and, and not just an elite goal scorer. So I don't read anything into that. I, don't, I think that the Jets got themselves cost certainty for two years and they're eventually going to try to get Patrick Liney locked down on a long-term deal uh, before this one is over, if they can. Uh, it is a sigh of relief, Patrick Line, a two-year bridge deal. You know, you mentioned it. Where do, where do you play him, Ken Weeb? Do you play him with Shifley and Wheeler out of the gate? Where do you think he slots into the lineup? Because clearly this is important uh, to him and his representation, and he wants, as you said, uh, to have the maximum outfit, output in order to maximize his next deal. Yeah, great, great question. I mean, I, I personally have been on the uh, on, in favor of playing him with Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, uh, when deserving uh, for a long time. I think that would be a, a place to play them for sure. Is that how it's going to start? I think that you know, the easiest thing for Paul Maurice to do is to keep Nikolai Ehlers with Patrick Lyon, or sorry, with, uh, with Leo and Sifley out of the gate. How long that lasts, who knows, but I expect, let's put it this way. I expect Patrick Lyon to spend more time with uh, 55 and 26 this year than he has in the past. Does that mean he's there on a regular basis or a full-time basis? That I can't say today, but I do expect them to spend more time together than they have in the past. And as long as Patrick shows that he deserves that role, uh, he'll play more in it. Uh, where where do you prefer him, on the right side or the left side? Where do you see he gets his maximum output? Yeah, you know what? I think it's too early to tell, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I haven't been fortunate enough to cover a couple of playoff series involving uh, Alex Ovechkin and have sort of seen how Adam Oates handled that move to the right side. And when they switch things up, uh, I mean... I think it's too early to tell with Patrick. I think he prefers to play on the left side. It puts him in a more dangerous shooting position off the rush. Uh, is he better on the boards when, in terms of breakouts on the right versus the left when he's on his strong side? Probably, yes. But can he adapt and adjust on the left side? I think he can. He's a smart enough guy. He's got the skill set. But, I mean, the thing we all, we've often talked about but gets overlooked by everyday fan is that, I mean, again, in Finland, you're not having the defenseman pinch down on the boards the same way that it happens here with the wider ice and everything else. So, I think Patrick is getting better on the on that regard, and I think that he will continue to get better no matter what side he plays on. Are we, you know, not giving him enough credit for the growth that he did show? He was a better player in the playoffs. He was throwing hits in that St. Louis series. To me, uh, there was some evolution in his game. Are we remembering the player that we saw? You know, trying to figure it out, trying to learn, struggling through, pulling pucks off the wall in his own end. You know, earlier in the season and not where he was at the end of the season. For sure, and I think uh, the recency bias is something that we uh, have been speaking about quite regularly during the offseason. I think that people have forgotten, uh, you know, what is only <laughs> 24 months ago, he was a 24-goal scorer. Uh, I think he was one of the best Jets forwards in the playoffs, and I expect him to continue to round out his overall game. Ken Weber, The Athletic, talking about Patrick Liney's two-year bridge deal with us today on TSN Radio Winnipeg. It is breaking news, 6.75 AAV. Uh, we... You know, we got our fingers crossed he did double dip and Kyle Connor uh, signs as well on the dotted line today, and both of them are back in the fold. Uh, what, you know, who who uh, pays the price for this? You get two real talented guys coming to the top six. Who who are the guys who are like, oh, well, there goes that opportunity that are still in Jets camp? Well, I mean, I think Jack Rosvick, where he was going to go, uh, I think it was a question mark 
obviously, uh, you know, but again, we don't know if he was going to be with Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp anyway, or if he was going to be in a Brian Little role, or if he was going to be up with Mark Shifley if those two guys weren't there. So I don't think this means that Rosovic goes immediately to the fourth line. Obviously, Matthew Perot, I believe, will be impacted uh, right out of the gate uh, with this news, probably. But again, Paul Maurice mentioned yesterday uh, with Paul Edmonds that he expected him to be with Brian Little regularly anyway. So uh, I don't I don't think... I think maybe one of the, one of the signs from today's earlier cuts with Chibisov going down, maybe that should have been a sign to us that, that things were getting closer on those other fronts. Not that Chibisov was going to play on the on the top line, but he could have been a placeholder uh, until those deals got done. So obviously things will shake down uh, as they come, and whoever's playing the best probably will be earning the most ice time. And I think, uh, obviously, there were not a lot, going to be a lot of top six uh, openings available to the Jets players this year anyway, because everyone expected those guys to be back, whether it was for game one or, or sometime in that first week of the season. Uh, is there any chance there's a, a bridge deal for Connor that they can't come to a number on a long-term deal? Yeah, I mean, it's always a possibility, but I, I wouldn't expect that. I think, uh, you know, from the signs of things, uh, I think they were getting, you know, I think there's some progress. You know, again, obviously, every dollar being important, both sides are probably digging in. Yes, but I think at the end of the day, both sides know that it's best for both parties for Kyle to be in the lineup for game one and, you know, whether that costs him $250,000 a year or 500000 I mean, or if the Jets have to pay those numbers, I think at the end of the day, that deal is going to get done. And no, I don't think it's going to be a bridge. I think it's going to be a long-term deal. Uh, my best guess is six to seven years, as I mentioned, it's somewhere in that 7.15 to 7.25 range. Uh, great stuff, Ken. Thanks for jumping in with us today. Uh, big news, obviously, in Winnipeg Jets camp, and you're on it. Uh, we'll look forward uh, to reading your in-depth thoughts in The Athletic. Great right on, Kale. Thanks. Have a great day. No problem, Ken Weeb. Uh, get your subscriptions to get his full feedback, deep dive into Patrick Laine's two-year bridge deal to return to the Winnipeg Jets 6.75 AAV. There appears to still be more than enough money in the kitty to get Kyle Connor under contract as well and move forward uh, with your top six that everybody had projected and uh, some just pure joy I think for Jets fans and relief a sigh of relief I know you're still nervous about the back end uh, but goal scoring uh, at least at first blush is going to be a lot less of a problem when you can add a Patrick Line and we'll wait to hear if we get a double dip. We want your reaction, Jet fans. Yes, we do. Line A is finally uh, coming back. Waiting an official announcement from the team as well, but the insiders uh, all over this and uh, giving us the numbers and the breakdown. $7.5 million in the second season for Patrick Line, and that sets his qualifying offer. Uh, you can reach us through the Odd Shark inbox. Deliver your thoughts. About Patrick Liney, about what you think Kyle Connor, who's what's the line combinations going to be? Are there going to be ruffled feathers? All things Liney. Text us at twelve ninety ninety, and please add in your name so we can give you a shout out and give you credit for your thoughts and your feedback. You can tweet us at TSN twelve ninety radio, and you continue to uh, make posts and comments on our Facebook and Instagram sites as well. Visit oddshark.net, free sports line stats and matchup information. Your reaction and more to Patrick Line's contract extension, two year bridge deal, six point seven five million bucks. Next on the Don Beetle Roundtable on TSN Radio, Winnipeg. How are you feeling now, Jet fans? Patrick Line, Darren Drager, breaking the news this afternoon. A two-year bridge deal, 6.75 AAV. 
last year or the the value on the last year is seven point five million. So that would be his qualifying offer. Uh, moving forward, uh, we are looking for your feedback. Uh, in the Odd Shark inbox, you can hit us up by texting us at twelve ninety ninety. Add your name in on the text so that we can give you a shout out and some credit uh, for your feedback and your thoughts. Uh, you can also uh, always you're welcome to tweet us at uh, uh, TSN twelve ninety radio, and that will get uh, to us as well. Uh, if we can make sense of your Twitter handle, we give you credit for that, and we got to treat for you right obviously it's massive news uh, here in winnipeg with patrick line re-upping don vito roundtable replay hour no that's not happening not a chance you know what we're going to do is open up the phone lines uh, boss pizza fan line 780-1290 is the number uh, it is a time to celebrate i would imagine what do you think is going to happen to the line combinations when does he slot in where does he slot in what happens to Ealers? does connor get done do we get a double dip today uh, so many moving parts throughout training camp but this is obviously a huge one and a massive one uh, for the winnipeg jets uh, still uh, lots of positivity that could be pouring out. So uh, we'll stay live with you uh, for the next little while here. Open up the phone lines. Get your feedback. 780-1290 is the number. Are you happy Patrick Line is signed and sealed for two more seasons? $6.75 million. Uh, the RFA is off the board, if you will. We'll return uh, with your phone calls, uh, with feedback uh, on the text line at 1290. Hit us up. And uh, we will continue to react to Patrick Line Day in Winnipeg right after this on the Don Beetle Roundtable, TSN 1290. Oh, with you in the Royal Sports Studio, we are live uh, for the next hour. I know obviously you get a replay hour on a lot of days. Not today, Patrick Line, according to TSN's Darren Dreger, now being confirmed by all the other outsiders out there, uh, has reached an agreement with the Winnipeg Jets. We're still awaiting an official announcement to come from the team. A uh, reaction from Kevin Sheldayoff. Maybe he's busy uh, dealing with Kyle Connor's agent. And maybe we're going to get a double dip here. Uh, still no word on an extension uh, for Kyle Connor, but a two-year bridge deal for Patrick Liney. $6.75 million is the AAV. Pretty reasonable, uh, right in line with what we've been seeing uh, from the other available RFAs in other markets, uh, shy, obviously, of that Mitch Marner one, which certainly seems to be the outlier. The difference in line is it's only a two-year deal, betting on himself, looking for uh, you know big production and therefore a big payoff and I think in some ways that helps the Jets uh, that you can look at it that uh, they'll have this player you know not walking anywhere near unrestricted free agency in a whole uh, different uh, bunch of issues that you would have to deal with in that situation now we knew that the clock was ticking that you're running out of time to get these players under contract in order to get them here and get all the paperwork done assess the shape that they're in get them indoctrinated with what's going on out on the ice in training camp for the first two weeks because there has been a new commitment or recommitment, a new focus on being more aggressively defensively and stopping goals against, playing a little harder on teams and the opposition. And that's a big part of what Patrick Liney in his part of the game that he needs to work on. And I know there's been some, you know, Turbulence, right, is one of the words uh, that head coach Paul Maurice has dealt, has, has thrown out there 
uh, in the offseason for the Winnipeg Jets. At some point, we knew these deals would get done. Patrick Laine didn't have another option if he wanted to play in the National Hockey League this year. So we are live with you for the next hour. We've opened up the Boston Pete's fan line, 780-1290 is the number. Uh, give us a call if you have reaction uh, to Patrick Laine's signing and we will hopefully have an official announcement to pass along for you as well. You can reach us through the Odd Shark inbox, text us at 129090, tweet us at TSN 1290 Radio, and you uh, can also make comments on our Facebook page or through Instagram. We'll read those out. Make sure you leave your name so we know who you are. First and foremost, here's the insider who broke the story. Here's D- Darren Dreger. Well, obviously it's a very significant deal, and good work by the Winnipeg Jets to uh, get one of their primary offensive weapons back into the fold. How it came together was hard negotiating between uh, the representatives of Patrick Lyonet and general manager Kevin Shoveldayoff. Uh, as we reported on Insider Trading earlier this week, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, inside a week ago, offered Patrick Lyonet, it's believed, a two-year deal uh, at around $6 million. That wasn't good enough for Lyonet or his camp, and they countered at 7 or just above $7 million on that two-year bridge deal. So the common ground was reached between Winnipeg and Line A at $6.75 million on an annual average salary. So uh, this is good money for Patrick Line. It's a comfort for the Winnipeg Jets, and it also provides a little bit of fuel for Patrick Line to work on a, a better future in Winnipeg. But the work is far from done for Kevin Shoveldayoff as he awaits a decision from veteran defenseman Dustin Bufflin and is hard at work trying to uh, get Kyle Connor, another restricted free agent, back under contract. It certainly doesn't get any easier. Darren Drager broke the story on Twitter uh, less than an hour ago. Patrick Laine re-upping. And now we have confirmation coming from the hockey team. I will read out the official press release uh, coming from Jets PR and uh, being shared on social media as we speak. The Winnipeg Jets announced today they have agreed to terms with forward Patrick Laine on a two-year contract with an average annual value of $6.75 million. 21-year-old played in his third full season with the Jets. Last year, scored 30 goals for third consecutive 30-plus goal campaign. Uh, we know him as a Tampere, Finland native, adding 20 assists, 50 points before recording four points. He had three goals, one assist in those six playoff games against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, best month of his young NHL career in November. Everybody's still talking about it. He scored 18 goals in just 12 games of play. He had three hat tricks and a franchise record five goals against the St. Louis Blues. He scored his 100th career goal against Chicago on November the 29th, the fourth youngest player in NHL history to reach the 100 goal Mark Alaine, of course, a first round pick, second overall in the 2016 NHL entry draft. Um, do we have some feedback on the line from Blaine? Is he still with us? Blaine, are you there on the Boston Pizza fan line? I'm here. How you feeling today, Blaine? Oh, pretty good, Kale. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm happy that I'm happy that Patty resigned. I mean, uh, I guess if if I had any disappointment this year, it would be uh, Dustin. I mean. How can you go this long? You've had the whole summer. Uh, so that's really, I think that bothers me more than both Kyle and Patty sitting out this long. But uh, nice to hear he signed. I, you know, it'll be really nice if we can get Connor done and then get some type of closure with, uh, with Buff, whether, it's, whether he's here or not. I mean, uh, unlike a lot of my friends that I've talked to, I have a lot of faith in this year's uh, Blue Line Corps. I like the young kids we got. I, I think we're going to do okay. Of course, 
uh, admitting that, that that not having Dustin in the lineup is is going to uh, have some impact. Let's face it. But uh, you know, you uh, you learn to deal with it, and hopefully, other uh, other people step up. What do you think? Well, it's been good news so far. Let's hope it keeps coming today. That's where I'm at. Uh, jet goggles on and fingers crossed. Uh, this was the first big one, hopefully, to fall. And, and hopefully you get a couple more uh, decisions made and uh, the Winnipeg Jets can roll out and, you know, once again, get back in that contender conversation because I'm not sure they're there uh, nationwide right now. No, and I, and I agree. But I, I'm, um, I'm keeping good thoughts. Hey, we've got a lot of talented kids, so let's hope it all comes together. I like what I've seen so far as well. Blaine, thanks for coming through on the Boss Pizza fan line. Appreciate the instant feedback. 780-1290 is the number. We'll leave the uh, Boss Pizza fan line open for you. Uh, lots of reaction rolling in on uh, the Odd Shark inbox. Uh, Jamie says, uh, just looking forward to seeing Line A and Appleton and Roslevic and Vaseline it. Lighten it up as future Jets. Uh, hey, KO, uh, good game. Uh, good now that he's signed uh, trade him for a top two or top four defenseman because uh, the Jets defense remains mediocre uh, frustrating season remember this message says Mike a little negativity everybody else uh, pretty happy obviously glad line signed says but in heading Lee needs to score 50 plus and win a rocket Richard trophy the Jets would be glad to pay him uh, what he's looking for, double-digit numbers, a long-term deal, seven years, $10 million, says Bud in Headingley. We'll continue uh, to bring you uh, your feedback from Jets fans uh, to Patrick Line's two-year bridge deal. For now, uh, we're going to get some instant feedback from our good friend over at the Winnipeg Free Press. He joins us on the pre-game shows uh, most nights on our Jets coverage. He's Mike McIntyre. Uh, hi, Mike. Uh, how you doing? I am doing very good, uh, Kevin. Obviously, uh Jets fans breathing maybe a little bit easier given the news today. And what's the old saying about, you know, things often happening in threes? Perhaps this will <laughs> pave the way for some news on uh, on a couple of other fronts. Certainly, I, I would I thought I had my jet goggles on, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The, the Bufflin situation, I think, is so unique. I, I'm not expecting um, any movement on that uh, anytime soon. But I do think, you know, on the Kyle Connor front, as we've seen with a lot of these RFAs who are getting done, obviously the, the Jets one's kind of really coming down to the wire, but time is of the essence. And, you know, when you have the, the puck dropping on the regular season next Wednesday, Thursday for the Jets, I mean, that's when these guys start to miss paychecks. And that's when teams, you can certainly get by in the preseason without your stars. Uh, it takes on a whole other meaning when you start playing meaningful games. And so I think you've seen the urgency stepped up and certainly you know, with Line's contract, it would seem to me, Kevin, that both sides have probably done the sensible thing here, which is compromise, uh, that, that there's a little give and take on both ends. And, you know, we certainly heard reports that the Jets were somewhere in the $6 million range and Line A and his camp were somewhere north of $7 million. So the final result here, 6.75, I don't want to say it's split down the middle, but it certainly would be... Um, you know, some some common ground, some middle ground. Yeah, it's not like an arbitrator decision where it's literally split right down the middle. Yeah. We've seen that time and time again. Um, you know, when he comes back into this dressing room, you know, we've heard that he and Brian Little are fine and everything's going to be fine. Uh, do you think there's some relationship repair that needs to happen between Line a and his teammates? I think at the end of the day, the his ability to score goals will be the best relationship healer. And if Patrick Line can 
can start putting them in the net early and often, I mean, I think that will go a long way to easing any strains. I mean, let's face it, the Jets are not unique. Uh, take any group of, of individuals on any sports team and you're probably going to get some personality clashes and they're not always going to get along. Obviously, the, the comments that Patrick you know, made that were reported overseas by Pekka Yelonen that prompted him to, to call and, I guess, apologize to Brian Little. You know, Brian Little has said that's water under the bridge. Everybody said the right thing, right? The captain, the coach. Um, now I think all the talking can kind of be put behind. Uh, and what we should have, Kevin, is a very motivated Patrick Lining. I mean, let's face it, 6.75 is probably a long way off of what he thought he was going to get a year ago coming off the, the first two NHL seasons he had. I think if you had projected 6.75, that would have been a bit of a surprise to many, but that's what happens with a 30-goal, 50-point campaign. You know, I think he cost himself some money last season. and In the short is, term, right? In, in the, the long term, term, if you bounce back, he's going to get paid. Absolutely, and the structure of this deal is is six million in year one, seven and a half in year two for the six point seven five AAD. Why is that important? Well, that means that the qualifying offer in two years from now is the final year, which is seven point five. Now the Jets will obviously gladly pay that and then some. Not to mention be in a position to pay that kind of money um, in two years should line a you know, have two very productive seasons now. And, uh, you know, from all we've heard, he's had a good summer of training. Um, you know, it looks like they got this done in time that he'll be able to get here, get a couple of practices under his belt, and I suspect be ready to go next Thursday at MSG. And, you know, obviously this Jets team that had undergone a major transformation in the offseason um, just got a big boost today. Uh, it hasn't fixed all their problems, uh, absolutely not, but this will go a long way, certainly, to uh, maybe getting everybody feeling a little bit better about the start of the season. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, uh, reacting to Patrick Liney's bridge deal, 6.75 AAV, if you haven't heard, uh, today on TSN Radio Winnipeg. Um, where where should he start in the lineup, in your opinion, Mike? Is it going to be a determining factor? Like, you need to see him. You need to see, you know, how he's moving out there. Do you need to move him up and down the lineup? Or do you throw him in with Shifley and Wheeler and give him his wish? Do you think there was a concession made to that? Is the coach involved in these negotiations? No, I don't think there's anything that detailed that went on. And I think that at the end of the day, a big piece of it is going to be exactly what kind of shape he's in. And, and how quickly he can sort of pick up. I mean, the Jets have been doing some things in this training camp, maybe a little more structured towards the blue line. But Coach Paul Maurice and his staff have certainly brought in some, some new looks, some new systems, with the idea of obviously playing uh, and being a little more successful on the ice. So to expect him to just jump right in and, you know, be thrown, say, on the top line. I mean, I think on the power play, Absolutely. Patrick Laine will take his familiar position. As for where he starts the regular season, I mean, I think we've seen, obviously, Ehlers with Shifley and Wheeler here uh, in, in some of the preseason. That would seem to be a natural starting point for that top line. But I think absolutely. I mean, Patrick Laine, uh, his play is going to warrant where he, where he is in the lineup in terms of five-on-five. Five. 
And there is an opportunity there, no doubt, uh, to play an even bigger role. I mean, everybody said that, even when his comments were causing all this controversy. You know, the Jets sort of embraced that. We love the fact that he wants to do more. And so he's going to have to earn it, though, just like every other player on this team. I don't think you just hand it to him. Um, but that speaks to the motivation that I think is going to be there for Patrick Line. And a motivated Line might be a dangerous Line, which is a good thing for the Jets. Uh, I would certainly believe in that in that statement. Uh, how how soon do you think this Kyle Connor the follow up uh, comes? Because in my mind, uh, the, and and I think it was widely assumed that the Kyle Connor one was actually the easier deal for Kevin Dayoff, uh to come to grips with. Yeah, I would not have uh, I would not have predicted that the line A deal, especially just a couple of weeks ago, and his comments were certainly getting a lot of controversy that he would be the one that gets done first I would not have thought that Kyle Carter and Nico Rantanen would be the last two big RFA standing because I frankly thought Connor was going to get done a long time ago now maybe the fact that they're talking longer term whereas Line a, I suspect was always in the context of a bridge maybe that's complicated matters a little bit but uh, interesting to note, Kevin, that Mark Chipman is actually speaking right now at a Chamber of Commerce luncheon. One of my colleagues, uh, uh, Jessica Batello-Urbanski, she's actually covering it on the news side. She's actually tweeted a few of, of Chipman's comments. And specifically on the Kyle Connor front, he apparently told the audience, and I quote, uh, contract talks are ongoing, cordial, and professional. Uh, he also called the line a deal, quote, a really good arrangement for both sides. I guess cordial and professional and ongoing, those are all very good things. Um, does that mean it gets done in the next 24 hours? Uh, remains to be seen. But I, I have to think that there's some cause and effect here. And, you know, the salary cap picture is even clearer now. And again, I go back to what I said a few minutes ago about the urgency of the situation. Kyle Connor does not want to start the Jets season skating all alone in Michigan. The Jets don't want to start the season without Kyle Connor. There's got to be a way that they, the two sides can make this happen, wouldn't you think? Well, and I'm reading in between the lines to the press release. Patrick Line is going to be available to the media on Monday, September 30th. I'm guessing uh, they have arrangements in place to get him here in time for practice. Uh, details will be provided over the weekend. General Manager Kevin Dayoff will be available to the media via conference call this evening. Details about yep. that conversation will be, be provided later this afternoon. As a reporter, you read between the lines. Uh, we could have two very big, significant announcements to discuss with him at that point. Well, that would be one one pretty uh, pretty effective way of doing it, wouldn't <laughs> it? Uh, the old two birds with one stone, I suppose. Um, I, I my understanding, Kevin, is that uh, Kevin Shoveldayoff sort of in transit right now, um, and so. Um, He's obviously having a very busy day, but I think he's physically not available to speak right now because he's traveling. But, um, yeah, I mean, Mark Chipman said the, the talks are ongoing. Um, and so perhaps some further clarity will come on that. Um, you'd have to think if you're Kevin Shoveldayoff, you'd love to address both matters at once, wouldn't you? Uh, absolutely. Mike, thanks for uh, jumping in with us today. Appreciate the time. It's going to be a busy day. We've got lots of uh, things to write and react to. Uh, as always, we'll look forward to your coverage in the Winnipeg Free Press. You bet. Take care.
Mike McIntyre uh, talking Patrick Liney's extension with us. Uh, we remain live on the Don Vito Roundtable bonus hour after Liney and his bridge deal uh, is officially announced by the hockey club. Uh, we'll wait for other announcements uh, and be back with more details right after this and your feedback as well on TSN Radio Winnipeg. Kevin O uh, kicking around on the Don Vito Roundtable. Patrick Liney officially signed and sealed for two more seasons here in Winnipeg. We'll meet with the media, it is arranged for Monday uh, to get him here from overseas. Obviously, he was skating in Switzerland, staying in shape. He's betting on himself with a two-year deal. He's going to want to come out of the gate firing, shooting, and hopefully scoring uh, for your Winnipeg Jets. So lots of excitement. Uh, we're looking for your feedback through the Odd Shark inbox. Uh, text us at 1290.90. Hit us up on Facebook uh, or through um, a Twitter, obviously, at, at TSN1290. Radio. You can also call us on the Boston Pizza fan line. We've got it open, 780-1290. And Mike's been waiting to talk with us. Mike, are you there? I am there. Thanks, Kevin, for taking my call. Sorry for making you wait, Mike. Uh, what's your reaction? No, no. How are you feeling? I wanted to wait till after the other Mike. I'm not <laughs> surprised by, by uh, Line A. I, I always felt it was going to be a bridge, and I felt that he needed to wait to see major comparables, and I would suggest that, that uh, Kachuk and Point are equal, if not superior players in many people's minds. So his contract lines up. The only major difference is for a shorter term, which I think suggests that he really believes he's the superior player and time will will bear that out. So he wants to get to that pot of gold a little bit sooner. I'm really worried about Kyle Connor. Why are you worried, Mike? Uh, I don't see a lot of compulsion on the Jets' side. Every day that Bufflin doesn't play while he's suspended, does that not offset that increased cap hit that you get with Connor because his contract is now prorated over a shorter season? So just as his AAV goes up, you get the corresponding savings from Bufflin's contract. So I think in many ways they're a wash. So I'm not sure that there's financial compulsion from the Jets. The second is I think he's committed to a longer-term contract and, and he's what I call a fully formed player. I don't see that he or the Jets feel he has the ceiling of a line A, so he wants to get paid for what his value is today, and I don't like the comparables that are out there. He's going to say, I'm better than a Clayton Keller. I'm better than a Brock Besser. I want money in the 7 to 8 or more range, and there really hasn't been a player, I think, of his caliber who signed a five- or six-year contract. Don't say Mitch Marner. <laughs> or my head will explode. So I, I'm struggling to see where the compulsion is on either side, especially his side, to, to agree to something. Because the Jets don't want to pay him, like I said, something called Clayton Keller plus 10% money or whatever comparable you want to put out there, because I think that's what his agent is promoting. And you, you tell me, who, uh, who, who signed for a contract that's comparable? It is a good question because if, you know, in the numbers we've heard like six, seven years, like a legit long-term contract uh, for line or for Connor, and that's kind of uh, in the area that he was in. Uh, Clayton Keller, he's at 7.15. Yeah. Uh, um, for, was it all eight or was it seven? It was all eight, wasn't it? You know, truly two, two, can't four, remember. Five, but, six, but seven, eight. No, it's eight. Me. It's eight. I'm tell looking me. at it now. Take a number, Kevin, and say Connor is one point blank times the player 
that Clayton Keller is? Well, yeah, th- there would be a fraction there. I mean, Arizona is projecting and they're, they're hoping that they get this player under contract. I don't know if it's a direct comparison. Kyle Connor's got more goals, right? He had 34 last year. Uh, Keller's never done that, and he had a drop-off uh, in his second year. So it's not close here. A 30-plus goal scorer pretty consistently for Kyle Connor's done it every year that he's been in the league. You do you do have things fall back, though, right? We saw Patrick Line go from 44 to 30. So it's not a direct curve, right? It's our direct trajectory straight up at all times. So it's you're tough. Ignoring, Sorry? You're ignoring what's called the negotiation. And, and the negotiation is that's not going to be part of the conversation, certainly on Connor's side. And his trend, his trend has been only only positive uh he's not sebastian aho but uh, i worry that if there was a comparable out there they're going to seize upon it's somewhere in that arena and he's going to say well fine he maybe is a little better than me but he signed for five if you want me for six seven or eight that's the kind of money i'm looking at they had the leverage of an offer sheet there right no, no doubt, but but I think people would say with hindsight, Carolina was thrilled to pay that. I oh, I agree. I would be in that camp. Up. Right. So, so you know, one of the ironies of that is I, I don't understand in the case of Ajo, you know, could Montreal have played, I call it a soft offer sheet, and, and say, would you take, you know, 8.5? Uh, you know, Ajo goes back to them and says, I don't have a signed document, but here's what's on the table. Uh, and they say, well, match it, and Montreal comes back with a different number. But but back to the comparable, uh, do you think the Jets are anywhere close to eight? And I wouldn't pay them eight, but do you think the Jets are anywhere close to eight in their offer for Connor? Uh, in my best estimation, I would say seven and a half would be uh, the highest it would go. Uh, but we're all going to find out together, Mike. Uh, the comparables are different in each market, and it depends. Is is the player looking at the big number, right? The overall number. There's been a lot of guys that you know. I want sixty million, and then we'll figure out how it's arranged and and where it goes. Or I want fifty. Or in some ways, when I look back at the numbers, I wonder if it has as much to do uh, with that as anything else. But uh, uh, we'll all find out together. Thanks for the call, Mike. One more, one more, if I may, Kevin. Yeah, real quick. One of the misunderstood points is. I think Connor is just as interested in getting confidence that he's going to play with Shifley and Wheeler <laughs> as Line a is concerned about where he plays in the lineup. And I, I think that's something that gets no play. Uh, I think Connor, he'll never get it, but he's just as interested in that. And if he can't get that assurance, which he can't, he wants money. So he's in a not dissimilar position to Line A. I think he understands that his productivity is a little bit a function of who he plays for. He does want to lose that, or if it's potentially at risk, he wants to get paid, and if you put him down with somebody else and he isn't the play driver that we think he is, he says, that's fine, I'm paid. Uh, that's I, I right. Uh, you're free uh, and fair for you to be worried, Mike. Uh, thanks for the call. Thanks for the feedback. We'll continue uh, to try to predict what will happen with Kyle Connor. Uh, we are talking about a signed, sealed deal with Patrick Laine today. The Don Vito Roundtable remains live after this. You're listening to TSN Radio 1290. Patrick Laine is under contract as a Winnipeg Jet. Nick Zifferelli's bringing pizza into the Royal Sports Studio. Andrew Hustler-Patterson's here. Ryan Brad's here. It's a party in Winnipeg, Huss. Laine is a done deal. Oh, man. Great news for the Winnipeg Jets and their fans. I, we'd heard rumblings that this was coming. And I think most people around knew that something had to give Kevin. 
I mean, you know, we're getting down to that point. I heard Bob McKenzie this morning on the big show. Once you get past next Thursday, it was going to become more and more difficult for everybody to get what they wanted. And, uh, you know, it seemed, it's interesting it is a two-year deal. We thought it would maybe be three. This is short. This is certainly Patrick Laine looking. I'm going to take this deal, come in, and this is going to be one very motivated young player to, uh, you know, do his best, put up some numbers for a couple seasons, help the Jets win a lot of games. And uh, then I'm sure in many fans' minds, I'll hopefully sign that long-term deal in a couple <laughs> years, and we won't have to go through this for, uh, for a long, long time. Because we're never satisfied, right? We always want more. We're the greediest people ever as Jet fans out there. that uh, you, you want Buff back, and you want Connor Dunn in the next five minutes, and all that stuff will play out. We take out. it. It's, we we take definitely it. <laughs> take it. Uh, it's going to be a pretty fun Friday here and a bomber victory. Uh, we'll throw that in as well. Uh, you guys will be reacting to this on the warm-up and the afternoon ride, obviously, uh, right throughout uh, the day we're live with you on the uh, Don Vito Roundtable as we continue to uh, accept your feedback into the Odd Shark inbox and on our Facebook page. Well, of course, you can imagine it's lit up. Uh, Michael Remus posted uh, line A extended. He's got the goat beard in the picture just to give you that little more incentive <laughs> as to, uh, you know, maybe a, a playoff feel. Um, I don't know if that's the direction, uh, the reason for the picture. Either way, I dig it. Uh, uh, Trevor Trevor saying uh, it's not a terrible deal, but he's still got to prove himself. Got off to a hot start last year, right? And then seemed to coast. Can't do that in this league. There's still, it's hilarious to me that you're still getting so much criticism on this young man's, you know, uh, performance. 110 goals in the National Hockey League. He's just an elite scorer. I know there's... There's warts to his game. There's warts to every player's game, right? Absolutely. And listen, I get it. And Patrick Liney is the first one to admit he needs to improve in a number of areas. But you cannot lose sight of the fact that this is a generational goal scorer, a guy that has a talent that very few in the National Hockey League possess, and it is something that helps you win a lot of games in the NHL. <laughs> and, hey, you know what? I, I, I think that it's understandable we got to this point on a smaller deal because, let's face it, compared to the first two years, last year was disappointing and, and confounding in some ways after, what, 18 Which goals one's the in November. Right? <laughs> Which one's the aberration? And, and how many high and wides did you have? And how many crossbars uh, did you rattle on power play opportunities he could have had 40 in his sleep last year. Everybody's laughing that, you know, when you, you hear some of the the national experts are going, he had 30 in his sleep. Like, he had a terrible year. He had 30 goals in the NHL. I, I think it's important for people. And, and hey, it, we live in a world where it's what have you done for me lately? There is an inherent recency bias in, in all of us when in coming. I mean, people are going to be talking about the Green Bay Packers today. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with the Packers? Well, they were 3-0 and going to the game. You know what I'm saying. Hey, he had the most difficult 20-25 game stretch probably of his life in the second half of last season. And that is sitting with many people. But if you look at the body of work and what this young man has brought to this organization he is a very key part. And, and now going forward, I mean, it will be a challenge, I think, for him to get up to speed right away and a pretty tough start to the season for the Winnipeg Jets. There will be some pressure on him going forward. And I'll tell you what, there's also, I think, going to be some pressure on Coach Paul Maurice to find something that works and to make the most out of a very talented top six that, you know, honestly, when you it's look only back so many last pucks, year, right? well, th- <laughs> there to, is. What happens to Nikolai Ehlers? Where does Kyle Connor play if he signs, right? And, and and if you're keeping Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley together, which most people understand is the plan, who works best with that group and how do you take the other guys, put them together to get a second line that that makes the most of all the talent that is in that top six. And I think most people can agree 
just didn't get the results that you would expect when you have that quality of player um, on those lines. Uh, coming through on the uh, text line at 129090, oh, what do you think of this? I love these uh, from Jets fans. Ehler, Shifley, and Line A on the top line. The splitting of Shifley and Wheeler. If Connor comes back, have Connor and Wheeler and Little. Uh, but you could always experiment with flipping Little and Wheeler because he's so good at center. Uh, everybody wants to move everybody around. The reality of the situation is we know Paul Maurice. We know what we've seen here. Uh, to me, that seems highly unlikely. Right? Uh, it is, although it is funny. I had this exact conversation with a friend <laughs> half an hour ago. Might be the same. At, <laughs> at Ziff's restaurant. Uh, hey, in a way... and. There's nothing that would help this team more than a big bounce-back season from Brian Little. And, you know, I don't want to say it wasn't fair to Brian Little. Hey, they had some pretty talented young wingers, but we've seen that that just did not work consistently with Ehlers and Line playing with Little in the middle. I always go back to the fact that what do we know? Well, we know that Brian Little and Blake Wheeler had some real success together playing against top competition in this league for a number of years. And, you know, if you will consider having Shifley and Wheeler on different lines, I don't see how that doesn't give a big boost to Brian Little. And maybe there's certainly an argument to be made that it's worth considering and trying uh, because I think we know that those individuals in uh, Ehlers and Line A playing with Mark Shifley is a tantalizing pair. And and, uh, certainly considering what we got from the second line last year, I think thinking about rejigging things a little bit and giving Brian Little a chance back with Blake Wheeler and a high-end winger like Kyle Connor could be something that could be beneficial to the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think we start that, but the coach may have to make a decision at some time if we're kind of logged in that play that we saw in the second half of last season that certainly ended up with a first-round loss. We also have to remember that young players evolve, right? And they get better and they develop. So there's other parts of the game that they might be a little bit better at, right? A little bit thicker, a little bit stronger on the wall. Maybe they win an extra puck battle. Maybe you can now move pieces around that you weren't able to do before because you had to either use the word shelter, but it was just the best combination that gave you the best chance to win. You know, what do the Dallas Stars do with their top guys? They play them together. Load them up. Do they break them apart? Yes, they do at times, and they've tried that. And, you know, every coach that's been in there, they had three in the last three years, uh, all tried a different combination. You know what they come back to is Sagan and Radulov and Ben playing together because you can, with your other players, if you get any secondary scoring from anybody else and you got that top line going on most nights, you're going to overpower the best checking line. And at the very least, you're going to go even with the other lines top or the other team's top line. So when you balance those lines out, like to me, putting all your eggs in one basket, the, the Jets, it's it's which eggs are your best eggs? Well, it's a great <laughs> question. And, and hey, the bottom line is last year that loaded up top line with kind of uh, with Connor Shifley and Wheeler did not overpower their well, competition. The five more five often on than five that. numbers are the concern. I know everybody looks at Patrick line and say, well, you know, the glut of his scoring comes on the power play. Good. He's a young player. He's an elite scorer, right? As long as you continue to produce on the power play, we'll figure out your five on five game. And I think that's part of the thinking, you know, with the coaching staff on this, that they were trying to drive habits into him. And I think we saw some of that in the playoffs where he he didn't look like the player that we saw in February and March where, you know, there were question marks on how he played. So he's changed as well, right? So you look at 
reuniting Little and Wheeler, they're far different players than they were then, right? Little, if you want to say, on the downslope as far as offensive output. And Wheeler's been a 90-point guy, not a 70-point guy, right? But a lot of those points come on the power play. The cookies are still going to come. The top unit is going to be the top unit. And there is no defense for it. You can take away Shifley. Uh, you can't take away Shifley and Line A at some point. So continue to pile up those cookies and figure out the five on five. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how things look and begin. And, and hey, you know, to the coach's defense, um, even if he wanted to try these things, there hasn't been the opportunity to do that because, of course, Patrick Line just got signed and we're still awaiting some sort of resolution on the Kyle Connor situation. So, you know, as of right now, he's been playing with the dealt that with the hand that he's been dealt. But I will say this: if things start off and he does go to you know, rejigging those lines and playing Brian Little with Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley with Line A and Ehlers, to use this example. If it doesn't work, the one thing you do know, you can always go back to 55 and 26 and see who works the best with them. And again, (laughs) with the idea that the guys that aren't in that mix with those two can come together and have a really productive second line, not to mention getting a little more production from the guys at the bottom. And we haven't even mentioned the, the name Adam Lowry. I mean, Adam Lowry hasn't played a little while, but you can just tell from what Coach has said, uh, the responsibility that Adam Lowry takes and the way that you know he's played with Andrew Kopp, that there might be more for that group. And you could argue that... That's your second line already because they come off the bench second, right? And they're playing the second most minutes because they're playing against the other team's best or second best line. And at times we saw Coach when he was trying to find a spot for Patrick Line that would work. On the trip to Finland, that's where he started, right? That's where he got ignited, and he was playing with those guys in straight lines. I think he had a good month that time. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did. We'll look into the details, come back with more. We're live on the Don Vito Roundtable. Patrick Line, bridge deal, two years, 6.75 AAV. Back with more of your reaction after this on TSN Radio Winnipeg. Extended version live, Don Vito Roundtable in the Royal Sports Studio. Uh, Kevin Olszewski with you. Uh, Andrew Hustler-Patterson is lurking as well. Uh, Big sign. Signing in the National Hockey League, just reading the press release, the Ottawa Senators have reached an agreement with Scott Sabrin and a one-year two-way deal for 700 GERS. Is that what we're talking about in Winnipeg today? Not really, but I do. I wasn't <laughs> that familiar with Sabrin, and uh, we all were when Austin Matthews did the uh, who is this guy? And well, that's who he is. He came pre-season. on a PTO and he Calder got himself Cup a champion. deal. Calder that's Cup right. champion. Cup champion. He's got himself a deal. No, we're a little more concerned uh, with Patrick Line and official announcement coming. The team's put out the press release. Line is going to be here on Monday. Uh, we understand we're tr- following. Now we go into uh, hit up our friend the Soch and start tracking flights from <laughs> Bern, Switzerland, back to Finland. You got to pick up your Xbox and your 16 <laughs> copies of Fortnite and pack your bags and get back here to Winnipeg in time for Monday. Uh, we joke, we jest, uh, but pretty happy day for Jeff. Yeah, Patrick. listen, uh, this had to get done, and the closer we got to the beginning of the season, the more likely it was that this would be an even more problematic situation. Would it have been great to have him in camp the entire time? Yep, but as we've seen with a number of the RFAs, these deals take time. We hope that it won't be too much time before Kyle Connor gets his name on a contract as well, and then we could just worry about what the heck's up with Buff. Well, and that's some of the feedback we're getting on the Odd Shark inbox uh, on the text line twelve ninety nine. You keep hitting us up throughout the afternoon. We'll try to give you credit. Uh, Corey in the West End saying, "Sweet, get Connor back in the fold. Get Buff back too. It's a great day to be a Jets fan." Uh, Kim. Coming through saying thank you for this line A news. Not that, hey, we're just passing it along. We're just a You're messenger. Welcome. Much needed good news uh, on a Friday. Uh, just open every segment with woo. 
<laughs> says Tyler. There's a lot more oohs in his text, uh, but you get the general idea. Um, uh, here's a question on the text line coming through saying, I'm wondering, when is he able to sign an extension? Is it after the first year, or do they have to wait until the entire contract is expired? It's after one year, right? Yeah, July yeah. 1st yep. is, is how the deal works. Yeah, for if it's a one-year deal, you can't sign it until after January 1st, but uh, in a two-year deal... He'll do the first one, and uh, we could be talking about this uh, even next summer. Well, and do we do the same thing going forward, right? 7.5 is the the dollar value on his salary in the second year, so that's his qualifying offer. If you're the Jets, if he has a tremendous year, and you want to sign a deal you know, a year out from this next summer in July, what's the number? Are you paying him? You know, if he's a well, I guess we have to see what happens this scorer. season right what now. If he's a fifty goal scorer, well, right? Do you try to lock him in now with a long term extension and say you proved it to us? Now here's your money moving forward. Never mind the seven point five and the qualifying offer and doing all this over again. And we don't know where we're at. And people grilling you all over Finland and you know blowing up your remarks and you know peeing off your teammates if that's the case and and all that stuff. We're not dealing with any of that. You know what's that number coming at? Well, that number's probably a big one. Right. I mean, if you're talking about a seven or eight year extension beyond these two Does seasons. Does 40 plus goals prove that to you? With, uh, yeah. I mean, to me, hey, listen, if Patrick Lyon can go and have a, listen, there's some other things I'm sure people would like to see. But at the end of the day, if you've got a 40 goal score that's 21 years old or 22 years old yeah. the next time that will at that point would have had 150 goals in four <laughs> years. You you figure out a way to make it work, um, but you know I think you know from both from both sides certainly the hockey club, but also Patrick. You know they'll be looking to you know put the second half of last year in the rearview mirror. Uh, you know have a great start, move on. Hopefully he can show some of the things that his game is developing on, and from another side find more opportunities to get him the puck, whether it's five on five, whether it's on the power play. Light red lights behind opposition goaltenders, and uh, then everyone will be happy. But I, I think that this will be a fascinating couple of years for Line A with the Winnipeg Jets because, you know, coming out of last season, I, it was almost inf- unfathomable the way things went, especially with the month of November. So there's legitimate questions about uh, the fit. I mean, he had some legitimate questions, I think, that were answered very truthfully to the media <laughs> about, you know, where do I fit with this club? Um, Hey, bottom line is he's back. They'll have the opportunity to work those things out, and we won't be talking about another Jet top player not with the roster when things get going for real against their old friend Jacob Troub at MSG in game number one of 82. Our good friend Ryan says he's popping bottles of mustard to celebrate <laughs> after Mark Lutestu last night uh, taking care of some cramps with mustard packets. It's been an ongoing practice. I've seen it at Jets practices for the last eight years. We had I, I had never seen it up close, but I had some friends that... That last year, you know, they do a true north will do those seats right between the benches. And the guy sent me a couple of pictures I'm like, what the heck are these guys doing? <laughs> Sucking on packs of mustard. So I think we had Adam Lowry on or Andrew Kopp and we asked him about it. And they sort of said that. But there was a lot of people that weren't familiar with that. And the beautiful TSN close up last night of Liz Testu sucking on a pack from, uh, I don't know, did they get that from the concessions or do they, <laughs> they, have, they, have, they have a big bucket of them back on the bench? I've never done anything strenuous enough to have cramps at any point. <laughs> I'm just sitting here and squawking. So I've never had uh, to actually do it. And I'm not not a big fan of mustard, I'll be honest with you. More of a ketchup guy. I'm sure that doesn't shock a lot of our listeners. It's Listen, for children. It really is. <laughs> uh, uh, I put ketchup on donuts. That's the story <laughs> of my house. <laughs>
<laughs> at that point, Ryan Brandt says wrap up the Don Vito Roundtable. I will do that. Uh, great day in Winnipeg. Patrick Lane with a two-year bridge deal. Thanks to our guests throughout the program. We hit them all up. Ken Wee, Brian Munns, Mike McIntyre, Scott Billick, uh, Chris Walby setting up the Bomber game for us. Um, next up. The warm-up continues to react to Patrick Laine's contract, and maybe we'll get more breaking news throughout a fun Friday. Thanks for listening to TSN Radio 1290.